Hey guys, it's Anthony. Just wanted to tell you about our friends real quick at Baseballism. Baseballism is a lifestyle apparel brand inspired by America's pastime, specializing in premium apparel and glove leather accessories for men, women, and children. Visit Baseballism.com and use coupon code AASports for a 15% discount on your next order. Not ready to order today? Follow Baseballism on Instagram to stay connected. Baseballism is America's brand. Welcome to the AMA Podcast. Sports Talk with your hosts, Anthony Cortez and Alex Ashby. Yay, sports! <laughs> One of these days I want you to do like an actual like, show. No. Show, dude. Yeah. No. Does your brother know how to do it? Uh, maybe. We should try to get him to do it one Maybe. time. Yeah. Just to see, yeah. <laughs> see what it's like. Or ask somebody who like, does a really good one yeah. to try to do it for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to do a grito. Just doing a yay sports. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> I know, but how great would that be? Though? Oh, jeez. You know, very San Antonio. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Go so it would be a very San Antonio. Viva, Viva San Antonio. Oh, man. What are we doing with Dude, that? I don't know. Welcome back, everybody, to Ooh. another episode your favorite neighborhood sportscast of all sports. Of all sports. All things sports. Even ESPN. Even ESPN. Even. Oh, we talk about ESPN. Oh, yeah. We talk about the Blitz. Oh, yeah. We talk about NFL. Oh, yeah. We talk about them all. Exactly. Welcome to the NA Sports Show. Who are you? Great question, dude. Who are any of us? (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to take another philosophy class in college. Uh, I can't wait for you to start a philosophy podcast. They're so fun. Yeah. They're so fun. Anyways, welcome back, guys. Welcome to another episode of the ANA Sports Show. If you haven't listened to us before, thank you for giving us your time. We are two friends that decided to get together and talk all things sports. That is right. And we have a pretty good show today. We got a pretty good show yeah, today. Yeah, we got a pretty good show today. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about the NFL draft. Uh, we have uh, pretty good conversations on the MLB, about rivalries. Uh, we had an interview with uh, Dwight again. Dwight Smith came back on the show. Just wrapped up the interview with him. You'll hear that later. Yeah, talk a little... Talk a little NBA basketball, um, and then we'll go over a little bit about the AL Central, which is going to be oh so exhilarating. Just can't just, wait for it. Just cannot wait. These can't are wait. Just it. the the prime time team. Mm-hmm. Let's get into some highlights. Let's do it. Let's get some highlights. Apparently, Marshawn Lynch retired again. Again, congratulations to Marshawn Lynch. Hey, hey, enjoy your retirement, Beast Mode. L- lay down. Just, lay down for a minute. Just go sit down for yeah, a second. You'll be okay. You you know it's going to be all you right. Did a great job everywhere you went. Just, Everybody appreciates you. Yeah, you know. He, he did. did he job. did well. He did a great job. He really did. It was very exciting to watch him run, though. Yeah, he got like, a great... he's one of the few backs that I'm like, I <clears throat> like watching that guy run. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Is there a lot of backs? I'm like, yeah, cool. You look like <coughs> everyone else. Like Le'Veon Bell, I like watching him run. I like watching Marshawn Lynch run. I like watching Zeke Elliott run. He's exciting. He's mm-hmm. explosive. Shaquan mm-hmm. Barkley, he's fun. Um, but you really don't see those kind of backs anymore. That beast mode back. You get yeah. these like quick scat back almost. Yeah, you know. But congratulations, Anyways. Marshawn Lynch. Great career. Enjoy your time. Yeah, have fun, man. Be easy. I, this is news to me. The PGA announces they're going to have their first tournament in Japan. Yeah, that's what I read. That's I don't. I that's very exciting. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I didn't yeah. realize that they number one hadn't had one over there. Yeah. I mean, shit. Bowling has professional like tournaments in Japan. Do they really? Yeah. They, what? I've been following bowling a lot more so lately, trying to figure out like how that works professionally, and it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um. Jason Belmonte out of Orange, New South Wales, Australia is like the world's best bowler. He's fucking incredible. It's yeah. So anyway, I was just, I was kind of surprised. This is a very stupid question, but do, do we know if Japan has its own golf course yet, or are they gonna have to build one? 
I assume they have golf courses. They have. I mean, yeah. you would think, right? Yeah, I would assume. Yeah, they have okay. nice golf. That's courses. a stupid. I would imagine most countries have a golf course, a nicer golf course. Yeah, maybe not like up to what the PGA would require, but yeah. a nicer somewhere. They have somewhere where guys can yeah, play. Somewhere people enjoy golf everywhere. Oh yeah, it's kind of a you know, it's a, it's a yeah. it's an international sport. So right on Japan. Just shows you how much I know about golf. Yeah. And Vladdy Jr. Vladdy finally Jr. gets the call up. He got the call up. Yeah, Congrats to him. That was very. The A's. Yeah, got a special moment there yeah. with his with his father. Yeah, his father got to watch the his first hit. He did. Yeah, first at bat, right? No, no. He went one for four that game, I think. <clears throat> and but the the hit that he did have was a double, or maybe a single, and he stretched it to two. But he got a double, and then on the next hit, he ended up uh, scoring the the, the game winning run. Oh, okay. Yeah, he actually when he crossed the plate. It sounds like they won. From what I from what I read. From what you read. Yeah. From right. what I read. It wasn't a walk off. It was just the game winning run. Right. He was the run that won the walk off. Gotcha. His hit didn't win it, but gotcha. He got knocked in. So gotcha. All nice right. job, Vladdy Junior. Really cool moment though to see you know. Yeah. Little little Vladdy and big Vladdy. I saw a comment. Um, I think it was a video or something that Vlad said. Uh, I didn't know. I, well, I knew I'd. I knew I'd give you your name. I didn't know I'd give you my swing. Yeah, dude, they look exactly the same. Very, the swings are exactly the same. Yeah. Like, the angle was, like, identical. Yeah. But it was going. Cool. Somebody was saying that, uh, you know, watching Vladdy Jr. play is, like, a lifetime talent kind of a thing. They compared him to, like, the Zion of basketball for, like, this upcoming generation. Really? Yeah, and they're like, don't let ESPN get a hold of this. Like, <laughs> keep this among us. <coughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it, 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 from all accounts, I mean, he's going to be the guy yeah. moving on for... Yeah. For the Blue Jays, and I'm excited. I'm ready to see what happens. Plays hey. third base. Yeah, he's killing it. Hey, I got a question for you. What you got? What would you, What would you do with ninety three million dollars? <sighs> Probably try to turn it all into some kind of like. I kind of want to have this Scrooge McDuck thing where he has like the vault of coins. And he like dives into it and he like swims in all his money. I would like to do something very similar to that. I don't know how that would work. I assume <laughs> diving into a bunch of coins would end up very badly. Yeah. So it sounds like it would hurt. Yeah. So maybe it sounds like it would be difficult. Yeah. So and, I don't know how that would work, but I want to do. You wouldn't be able to breathe, like man. That. I don't know. Eh. You need to breathe when you have ninety-three million dollars. <laughs> you get to enjoy it. Yes. Meh. <laughs> I don't know. I think you can probably pay somebody to do that for you <laughs> with ninety-three million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Buy a machine that let's breathe for you would you want coins or would you want the actual cash like just put the cash in a fucking room somewhere and let's just go have fun maybe i don't know i, I honestly dude i never i don't i don't know what i would do with it because that will never happen <laughs> so i've never had to contemplate what would happen if i had 93 million dollars do you know who does have 93 million dollars? good god dabo sweeney just dabo got sweeney just got paid yeah yeah, he got paid beat alabama two out of the past three years in the national championship mm-hmm and for that, Clemson has given him the most expensive contract for a college football coach in history at 10 years. Most expensive? Seriously? I think, yeah. Really? Yeah. Again, from what I read. Oh, we can wow. fact check later. But from what I read, the most expensive college football. Because shit, uh, even Pop only gets $11 million. And fuck, he's the best coach in college or uh, uh, pro, pro basketball. Yeah. You know? So yeah, no, ten years, ninety three million dollars. He's worth every penny of it. Every penny. Stabo Sweeney. He's worth every. He's God worth damn. every gold coin that he they give. Probably went to McDonald's. Oh, after that. Contract. I would hope so. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, probably if you don't go to McDonald's, what's wrong with that you? Value menu. Jesus, no, you got all the burgers. Right? <laughs>
<laughs> that's what I do. I, like if I hit McDonald's up, I'm going like ten burgers for ten dollars. So I'm about that. Life. <laughs> Um, I don't need no damn steak. Just I don't give me, need no damn steak. Just give me a value minute burger. Goddamn right. <laughs> Can I get the kids menu? <laughs> uh, Neymar banned for three matches for insulting the officials after the Man U game. That is correct. Do we know what the insults were? Like, do we know? Do we know what he said? Uh, I remember reading it, but now I don't remember exactly what he said. But okay, doesn't really matter. Regardless of what he said, fuck that dude. <laughs> Not really. I mean, he's one of the three. Five best players in the world right now. Maybe top ten because he hasn't been playing a whole lot lately. But, yeah. I mean, he's still extraordinary. But I like to see him getting banned for doing something like this because, you know, there needs to be that level of separation between player and official. You don't get to parade yeah. the official. Exactly. Because you don't agree with the call. You, you have know? to set the example. Right. Exactly. That's what they do. You're going to be that guy. Now, granted, you can contest calls all the time. Yeah, sure. But on the flip side, he also is like the master of the flop. So how many calls have you gotten that aren't fair for the other team because mm-hmm. you fell down? That's not on them. That's on you for fucking falling down, Princess. Like, <laughs> you weigh all of seven pounds. Like, relax. Relax there, you guy. Know? Like, yeah, I could probably, like, stare at you hard enough and you might, like, wilt. Like, you might fall over. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But anyway. Anyways. So a couple of uh, congratulations. First of all, congratulations to Greg from Baseballism episode. Uh, Greg was on our show, talked a little bit with us, uh, and now he writes for two different uh, baseball, two, two different baseball blogs. Yeah, one Congrats of them to him, uh, yeah. Rangers entirely, and I'm, I don't remember what the other one was off the top of my head, but he is now on the road to uh, sporting success. So he, congratulations to Greg. The very that's very very cool news yeah. for him. We're actually gonna we're gonna get in touch with him and have him on an episode yeah. uh, here in the near future as yeah. we when we go over the AL West, we can go over some Rangers with us, mm-hmm. go over that division. So yeah. yeah, congrats to him. That's very uh, cool news. Another big one. Congratulations to uh, Kevin. Yes, sir. Kevin, the guest that came on our show. Uh, Kevin and his wife Jocelyn just had their first son. Yes, sir. Congrats uh, to them. Yeah, yeah Joseph, very. I believe. I'm sorry, Joseph. I believe. Joseph. Yeah. yeah. Joey was it? Well, same thing. But, yeah, I see. yeah, I don't know what they're gonna. Nickname, I thought I uh, yeah, but very cool news. Pimpin. Yeah, that was my nickname as a child. That's what my parents called me. <coughs> yeah, yeah, as they like lulled me to sleep. Shh, it's okay, big pimpin. Just relax. Just relax. Just relax. Take your bottle. It's okay. Yeah, just shh, go to bed. Go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Are you trying to drink? Go to sleep. No, seriously. Congrats, Kevin. That's that's very awesome news, and to Jocelyn as well. Very, very cool news. And one last super congrats to my man sitting across the booth from me, Anthony Cortez. Thank you, man. Is engaged to Th- his longtime girlfriend. Thank you, man. Villanueva. Thank you, man. Congratulations, man. Thank you, dude. Thank you very much. So yeah. funny. So I was asleep, and this guy called me after you know he proposed <laughs> and all this good stuff, and they were so excited. And he calls me, and I wake up. I'm like, oh, what? what's going on? Hey, what's what? <clears throat> what's up? He goes, Hey, man. Uh, uh, what are you up to? And I was like, Oh no, he's like, got some big news. Uh, you know, Lauren and I are engaged. I proposed today. Like, and I'm like, oh, that's like, congratulations to you. I'm so excited. Like, dude, so again, half asleep. So excellent, dude. Like, I'm so happy for you guys. I can't wait for it. And he goes, dude, you want to stand with me? And I was like, st- what? Was like, yeah. <laughs> you want to stand with me? And I was like, what? 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 He goes, yeah. Like, do you want to be a, a groomsman? I was like, oh, that's what that. Oh, oh, shit. That's what that means. That's what that means. Oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, dude. I stand most of my day. What are you talking about? I, I stand pretty much all day standing. <laughs> no idea what he was talking about. And then you know, I was like, yeah, dude, absolutely. I would love to do it. I'm super excited. He's like, great, man. And Lauren's like, all right, well, we'll let you go to bed. 
Yeah. And you're over here in disbelief. Were you asleep, dude? And I was like, I was, I was most definitely asleep. It's two in the afternoon, dude. Yeah, of course I'm asleep. Like, what the fuck? It was 11. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, so congratulations, dude. Thank you, dude. It means a lot. Thank you. Man, right. We're very excited. Absolutely. All right, let's get into... Uh, Let's get into some sports stuff. Let's do that because we are sports and things. We are an all sports podcast. We are an all sports podcast. Just in case you didn't know already. Talk about all things sports. Yeah. In case you didn't know already. So I have a question for you. What you got? What is a rivalry? So <laughs> that's tough. We were talking about this a little bit last week. Yeah. And for those of you who didn't listen to who didn't listen to last week's show, uh, we went over what our favorite rivalries were. Um. And Anthony brought up one that I I really had to think about for a while. The one that Anthony brought up was the Spurs versus the the Lakers, which we spent ten minutes arguing about before, before the show we started. even started taping. Correct, correct. So, you know, I, I I really I really wanted to sit down and think about what a rivalry is because I, as I was like contemplating whether that was a rivalry or not, what I realized is that. I'm not entirely sure if I know what the true definition of a rivalry is. I don't know what goes into a rivalry other than the kind of surface level stuff that I think a lot of us are aware of. Yeah. Bad blood, uh, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the case is. But, you know, little things that make rivalries rivalries in any sport on any level all across the nation. So we went in and we did some kind of research to see what we thought a rivalry was exactly. Mm-hmm. So. I read a bunch of different, you know, articles. I read a bunch of different, uh, you know, interest pieces, and I looked at definitions, and I looked up all kinds of stuff. And I talked to a lot of people. I talked to my dad. I talked to my grandfather. I talked to my mom. I talked to my brother. I talked to other guys who, you know, I, I competed like, with in different, uh, you know, sporting. Real quick. I don't mean to interrupt your thought. Yeah. Bring the microphone a little bit closer to the mouth. Okay. There we go. Um, Sorry. No, I just realized that I was yelling a minute ago, so I wanted to, like, no, yeah. sit back. Um, Trust me. I'll tell you if you're loud. But so the three things that I kind of worked out and a lot of it was with my dad. I mean, we, we really had some pretty good conversations and we even came up with questions that like it's hard to answer. Yeah. But kind of require an answer. But it's a very a situational one. So the kind of questions that you asked me that I can't answer. Right. So the three things that I kind of came up to came up with that define what a rivalry is, is number one, the teams have to be fairly similar in both talent and success. For the most part. Okay. Um, I think that when you are overmatched in one way or the other, it no longer becomes a rivalry. So, like, Golden State is no longer rivals with the uh, Cavaliers. Okay. Because, obviously, the Cavaliers are... Not who they are anymore. Right. They're not who... So, there's no longer a rivalry. Gotcha. You know, they were similar in their in their abilities to be successful because of whatever reason that it may be, but now they're no longer rivals. Yeah. UT A&M, no longer rivals as far as football is concerned. Now, granted, they do still play in other, yeah. um, you know, uh, other sports. sports, right? I think like baseball and basketball and things like that, they may still play if, you know, if their schedule lines up. But we're no longer technically rivals because we don't play each other anymore. Yeah. So you're not a rival. <clears throat> I think that you have to, you know what I'm saying? But so anyway, but but the similarity between UT and A&M were very, very similar. So yeah. similarities, teams that are, are very similar. You have to face each other fairly often, too, I think, to be considered a rival. Okay. Um, 
So, you know, that may mean that geographically you're close and so that you play in your non-conference games. Uh, it may mean that you might not be in the same division, but you're just in the same general area. So, like, the Spurs and the Mavericks or the Spurs and the Rockets could be considered rivals because they're all in the same state. Or Spurs and Lakers could be considered rivals because they play each other in the same conference. Right. Whether it be in the playoffs or the regular season, they still have to play each other four to eight times a year. Four times. Four times. But if they play in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, They play the regular season series, and then they have the playoff series. So you have to play each other fairly often. Right. Um, And then the third one would be the other team's ability to impact your success. Okay. So, for instance, you know, going back to college football again, because that's kind of the the comparison that I was using, because I felt like that was pretty pretty mm-hmm. good across the board. That's the 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 basis I was using for examples. Uh, UT and OU. If OU beats UT, chances are we're not making it to the Big Twelve title. Usually, OU wins out. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <clears throat> there are very few games that OU like might lose, and um. Uh, there are very few like teams that OU might lose against. UT is one of them. So they are a rivalry because they directly impact how well they do. Or if UT beats OU, there's a pretty good chance that OU might not make it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because then they lose one other one. Or it impacts their Right, their but post-season. it impacts their ability to succeed. Right. And then kind of an honorable mention that I like to throw in, because those are the three things I think you really have to need. The amount of times that you play, the other team's ability to directly impact your success and then being of a similar skill level. Okay. The honorable mention that I would have would be what it means to the fans. Yeah. Because if you think about it, like you can have a rivalry that isn't like national. That doesn't mean anything to anybody else, but these two fan bases like, well, fuck. Yeah. Exactly. uh, In my opinion, the Rangers and the A's could technically be considered a rivalry. Because they're on the same level for the most part, especially these days. Yeah. Like 500 ball club. I mean, the A's did really well last year. The Rangers didn't do very good. But, you know, there's a couple of years that the or the Rangers made it all the way to the World Series, but we lost both of them. You know, the A's have trouble getting that far, but they maybe get there more consistently. Mm-hmm. But we're pretty much always, like, neck and neck. The Rangers have <laughs> a hard time going to Oakland to win. It's very difficult to win in Oakland. For whatever reason, we don't for do us. great there. For us, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, it might be hard for them to come here and and and, and win. So I would consider that a rivalry but to everybody else. Like, nobody gives a shit. Like, nobody cares about the Oakland and the Rangers right. rivalry if it's considered a rivalry. Which, right. by all accounts, they have all the things that would designate it to be a rivalry. But what it means to fans, I think, also adds to like what the rivalry is right you know what i'm saying i mean mm-hmm. shit when like ut and AM played like oh fuck you know there's a yeah. lot of shit talking going on yeah you know what i'm saying like it was bad blood between those two teams mm-hmm. michigan and ohio state oh shit yeah yeah that's some bad blood between those teams so you know even michigan and msu again bad blood this year that dude walked into the middle of the field and tore up the the msu logo right before the game that's that's tough dude it's tough you got to be a bad motherfucker to do that and on top of that you have to really hate that team to want to do that cuz you know you can't do that can't do that you know what i'm saying like <clears throat> so those are kind of what i think define what a rivalry is yeah you know what i'm saying what do you think what do you think about that so i mean i <sighs> He so, for those that 
Yeah, need a little oh. background. By the way, I will say, though, that after all of my research, I will agree with you. I do think that the Spurs and the Lakers are a rivalry. I just don't think it was either team's most important rivalry. Right. Yeah. But I do agree with you now that I, I do think that they are. Were. they were, Yeah, excuse me. They were rivals. Yeah. So. so, I mean, we talked privately about this, and what he wanted me to look into basically was what I thought was a rivalry. Everything that I saw was basically defining a rivalry as two teams competing against each other and competition in general. Yeah, but didn't that, didn't that mean that every team is a rival? Exactly. That's where I was like, so that's where that's where that took me. I was like, well, that by that definition, like literally any game ever between two competitive teams is a rivalry. Right. But the last point that you made, it means more to those two teams, to whoever the fan base, to whoever it is, that's what defines a rivalry for me is because back in those days when the Spurs would play the Lakers, when it was Tim against Kobe in the playoffs and just in the regular season matchups and just all the bandwagon fan, all the bandwagon Laker fans that would show up to the AT&T Center, like it meant more. That atmosphere was electrified better, electrified more because of the matchup and because it just it meant more in general mm-hmm. so the, when i think of rivalry that's what i that's what goes to my head like it just it means more like all the college all the college games ohio state and michigan shit i mean it's the biggest game of their year the biggest game of the year for them right outside of <clears throat> national championships yeah unc and duke you have to watch that right. game no matter i mean it doesn't matter who's on that team who's on the different teams respective teams each year that's Okay, let me ask you this question, though, because I I get where you're going with this. It's what means more. But if you look at the two examples that you just gave, they kind of fit under those three categories that I gave you. No, they do. Yeah. So can you give me an example? Because now, as I think about it now, can you give me an example of a rivalry that means more that doesn't really fit any of those three categories? Um... Because I have a hard time thinking of it. Maybe not professionally, but I mean, it could it could happen all over the country with high schools, with different call with different districts, and you know, two different schools. You know that, I mean, shit, Texas State and UTSA. Um, yeah, but those have you know similar levels. Those yeah. are you know they play each other often because they're close. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, as far as like evenly matched, probably not. Um. Like it feels like not off the top of my head. No. Yeah, right. Like yeah. I, I struggle to try to think of a rivalry that, like, because I guess you could say like you know the Night Army versus uh, the Westeros or what? What are they? The <laughs> I have literally zero idea what you're talking about. Game of Thrones. You didn't never seen it. You don't watch Game of Thrones. I don't. My bad. For and I think like every listener just like shuddered yeah. a little bit as I said that. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen the first episode of Game of Thrones and I don't think I finished it. It's it's pretty good, dude. Yeah. You, I think you like it. I was distracted. So. Any, anyways. But, <laughs> yeah, but even so, I don't know. It's just too fucking much at this point. I'm just yeah. like, no, nah, let's wait. Just spoil it for me. Last That's night's fine. episode was intense, bro. So what I'm everybody not, keeps saying. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone who, that, that, yeah. that anyone hasn't seen it know. at this point. If you haven't seen it at this point, I don't know what's wrong with you. It's, A lot's wrong with me, so. Yeah. That's probably why I haven't seen it, but yeah, I just. Oh, it was a great episode. I believe it. It was I'm super. Excited I'm not gonna spoil it. I'm not gonna spoil. I have a few thoughts on it, but I'm not gonna spoil it. Um, 
But I mean, to know. So to get back to what we were talking about. Now off the top of my head, I can't think of any. Because you kind of have to be evenly matched, don't you? Unless well, see, it's, that's what I'm trying to think. I, I don't know if you do or not. So I think you have to be fairly evenly matched. I mean, because at that point, it's just not fair. Right. You know, it's not a but fair. does it still mean... Because, okay, so, okay. I mean, does the rivalry have to then be subjective for it to be... So I guess you can still technically have a rivalry. Somebody can believe something's a rivalry without it even being any of those three categories. I would think so. Like, you could... like. But does that make them wrong? No, that just makes it their opinion and their their feelings. But of, opinions can be wrong. Like my opinion could be the Earth is flat. That's not fucking true, though. That's very true. <laughs> but I mean, that's you know what I'm saying. That's that's not a comp- that's not a fair comparison, dude. I mean, the Earth is not flat. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It, it could be somebody's opinion that it is, though. And there are lots of people who share that opinion. Kyrie Irving shares that opinion. <laughs> And I'm like, no. Steph Curry doesn't believe we went to the moon, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, he came out and said that he believes that we did. He was just telling. I think the FBI called and we're like, shut the fuck up. Yo. Like, you might want to. Yeah. Yo, bro, take that shit back now. <laughs> Stay where you're at. But, um, yeah, because, I mean, you know, you could think that, like, you know, the Browns are still a rival with the Steelers, even though, no. They're not. <laughs> right. You know. Um, but even then, they fall into that category. They play each other often because they're in the same division, so they play each other all the time. Yeah, you know. To That's me, tough. a rivalry is just always meant that it meant more. Okay, let me ask you this question: How long does it take to develop a rivalry? Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. Years. Does it? Years, days. I don't know. It could all depend on the situation, the teams, who's who's in, who's all involved. Because so when the I, outside the I fans, asked, I asked my mom this question because my mom tries to sport. She enjoys like, when we talk. She tries. Know, she tries. She does. And I she tries to sport. Yeah, I, I love the way you involved. said that. She tries. But uh, so I asked her. I was like, "Hey, mom, just out of curiosity, what do you think about this?" And she's like, "Oh, well, I guess it can happen in a moment." I was like, "Well, what do you mean?" She's like, "Something could happen. A scuffle could happen. A fight could happen. A you know, a big time three point shot. A you know, a home run over the." basketball courts and uh <laughs> i was like yeah she's i can like, totally yeah, picture sure. your mom saying it too she's like yeah when they hit a grand slam in the f- f- footballs game and you know yeah <laughs> i was like okay i get okay. your point but uh <laughs> fair enough <laughs> but i guess that's true too like technically i don't know how long it takes to develop a rivalry I'd- i wonder if it's just how many times they fuck you up in something yeah or how many times you fuck them up in something it could be just a situation that happens and then right. It causes drama. Right. But then the, could it be a rivalry for just that game? And do rivalries end after one? How long does a rivalry have to exist for it to be considered a rivalry? As opposed to just like a tough matchup between two teams for a little while. Once again, why you would be just amazing for a philosophy uh, podcast. I don't know about all that. But anyway, I don't know yeah. enough information about fucking shit. I just know a little bit of information about a lot of things. <laughs> I don't know a lot of information about fucking anything. <laughs> so... That's a lot of work that I have to do. I mean, to answer your question, uh, as far as like, I can agree with your mom that it can happen just in a moment. It can happen in a situation right. where, I mean, shit, the, the Rangers and Blue Jays. I mean, that it was bad blood that just boiled over. Right. I wouldn't, yeah, to the next season. I wouldn't consider it a rivalry now. No. It's, you know? Although I mean, technically, well, no. Yeah, no. 
Even though I think at this point we're evenly matched. We don't play each other as often. No. But so it was a player thing? Yeah. It so was when just... players leave, can rivalries end? Like, let's say that Tim Duncan... No, fuck that. I don't want to say Tim. Let's say Kobe left the, the Lakers. Okay. So in that 99 to whatever, you know, in that time period where the Lakers and the Spurs were rivals. Yeah. Let's say Kobe left, but they still stayed kind of even with each other. Is that still a rivalry? I don't think people would have considered it a rivalry, no. You don't think so? No. Even though there's no longer star, because there's no about that star player on the other side? Even though, like, let's say. Probably, yeah. Let's say everything happened the same way. It was just you take out Kobe Bryant and you put in somebody else. But they won the exact same number of times against each other, same number of playoffs, same number of everything. Is it still a rivalry? Difficult to say, but I would assume not, no. See, because I would assume that it is. Because that that player, that player that has that impact. See, I think it would still be considered a rivalry because if you think about it, they still have all the, the things that, I, in my opinion, make a rivalry. Yeah, evenly matched. Evenly matched. You play each other often, and you're, uh, uh, it, you know, it means more, and they directly impact your success. Right. So I think it, it would still be a rivalry. I just don't think it'd be maybe as exciting because Kobe's not there. Let me ask you this then: Is it fair to say that the term rivalry is a subjective term? Oh, I think everything's a subjective term for the most part. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Because a lot of it is, you know, a point of view. Yeah. I think most everything is kind of a point of view, you know. If I say, you know, if you could say, like, that that tree is green or those leaves are green, like, it's like, well, I think those leaves are red, but they're the same color. You just have associated the name green with that color. I associated the name red with that color. So we're both not wrong. We're just looking at it from different points of view. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, that's think, true. You know. All things are, but I think that there are things that make something a rivalry and things that make something not a rivalry. And I think that those things that we were talking about earlier, you know, those kind of four points, the three major ones in my honorable mention are what makes it a rivalry. Right. You know, I think yeah. you have to, because if you don't play each other, you can't be a rival. I mean, if obviously. Right. If yeah. you're not, you know, if you don't, if you're not evenly matched, you, you can't have to, really be a rival. You have to play each other at least once within any given period of time. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And also, you know what else I just thought about, too, that my dad and I talked about, too, is how much of a percentage that game means to your season, too. Yeah. Like, if the Lakers swept the Spurs in the regular series, but then they met in the Western Conference Finals and the Spurs won, those first four didn't really matter all that much. <clears throat> but on the flip side, if, you know, Ohio State loses to Michigan, that's like 11% of your season. Yeah. You know, because you only play, you know, X number of games, and that's one of them. Mm -hmm. So that has a much larger impact on your season, which, again, goes back to how much impact they directly have on your success. Yeah. But I think that also plays a pretty big role in how it, how it works is how much of it on your season counts right in that one game right you know that's tough though. that's a tough because yeah. again the, the big one for me is how long does it have to go for it to be considered a rivalry and how long does it take to s truly start a rivalry as and with, opposed to just a series of tough games between and the way i look at it is i mean it, it based on those two 
it's just it depends on any given number of factors, and it depends on the situation. It seems that the you know whoever is involved, uh, you know, when does it start? Does something happen? You know, does right. you know what what event takes place that you know? Yeah, right. so yeah, it's tough. That's really interesting, though. It's, yeah, it's kind of an interesting human <laughs> human interest piece. Yeah, in so much as that, like, it is very subjective. I think. Yeah. Because I think you can believe something's a rivalry because it falls under the categories of a rivalry, but is not because of it just Whatever. doesn't mean enough. Yeah, you know. So I think maybe the biggest one is how much does it mean to the fans? I Ex- guess. Yeah, that's what I take out of it is mean because because it could fall under the definition like the Astro or not the Astros, but like the Rangers and the Athletics. They like play. It yourself- could follow. They all technically follow under that. Yeah. We're fairly evenly matched. It they directly play, impacts our success because we have troubles winning over there, but they have troubles winning over here. They play in the same division. And so we play them all the time. Yeah. So technically, that's a rivalry, but I don't fucking care when they play the A's. Yeah. I mean, I want the Rangers to win all games, so I care, but like... Yeah. You don't care about that matchup. I don't match- care that much. You don't care about that matchup. Right. You're not going to be... That much. You're not going to be heartbroken if they... Right. Yeah. Which we just got swept by them, so I mean, that was kind of tough, but... We just beat the the Mariners 14-1, to 1, so that yeah. was nice. I think we scored like 24 points in two games. Did we? Like yeah. 24 we, points? Something like that. 24 points. Some, yeah. Or 24 runs, excuse me. Whatever. Thank you. 24 runs in like two <laughs> games. Whatever. <laughs> I was thinking of football, and so my brain was still on points, yeah. but... Anyways. Anyway. So that's interesting. But yeah. Still curious for the people out there who listened to this episode who may have listened to the last one. Let us know your thoughts on what a rivalry is. Tell us who you think are maybe some rivals that are kind of unsung rivals, you know, teams that play each other all the time, that fall into that kind of category, or just what you think the definition of a rivalry is. What makes a rivalry? How long does it take? When does it start? Yeah. So let us know your thoughts about that. Yeah. I'd be curious. NFL Draft. NFL draft, dude. Did you get to? I know you didn't watch too much of it. No, unfortunately, it was a crazy weekend, dude. Yeah, I uh, believe it. Yeah, uh, Kyler Murray went for first overall, though. Yeah, he did. I not to no to not everyone's surprise. I mean, really, I mean, yeah. that was expected. Yeah, as much as the Cardinals tried to hide it, I still don't think it should have been. Like- I don't know if I was listening to the Blitz or what it was, but I. Somebody was bringing up a point. Do you think that the NFL tells teams, like, hey, like, cool it on the talk about, like, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to take this guy or so what, you know, just give the media some bullshit. Like, we're still evaluating. We're still going through the process, looking at different guys. We're, you know, the blah, blah. I mean, maybe, but I think they probably do it more for their own ability. You yeah. Know what I'm saying? To draw in the viewers. Well, like, not even that so much. No, no. I mean, like, teams don't do it because. Like, if everybody knows that you're going to get, like, okay, so with the first pick, first draft, first pick, I mean, it doesn't really matter who you take. But basically everything after that, like, if you tell somebody who you want and they're ahead of you, they can go and get that guy before you, and then you got to change up your plan. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you, it's almost Shit, like. that's half of the draft, dude. That's Yeah. So it is, you know, but I think that, you know, they don't tell it so they don't get their plans messed up. Yeah. Oh, we really want this guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to take him because if you really want him, then you'll trade for him and you'll give me what I want from your team so that you can have this guy, Mm -hmm. you know, and they might not want to do that because they don't want to give up X piece or Y piece. You know what I'm saying? So I I, I did get to watch it. I did get to pay attention to it. And I took some notes um, on basically just some things that I saw some, you know, uh, some winners, I thought, some losers, I thought, uh, kind of, you know, notes on different teams, points, you know, things that they did. 
Um, so the first one I thought is saw that I like what the Falcons did with their picks. They picked two offensive linemen. And the reason I think that's so interesting is because this will be the first team <coughs> to ever have all five offensive linemen drafted in the first round. Ooh. That's never happened before. Okay. And that should provide, you know, Matty Ice, Matt Ryan, with some much-needed time to throw the ball to Julio Jones, to Sanu, to mm-hmm. uh, Ridley, to all these guys. And it'll also give the backs time to, like, actually run the ball. I feel like we had a lot of trouble running the ball last year, in my opinion. We weren't as successful at it as we had been in, like, previous years. So I think it'll be really helpful for the offensive side of the ball to be able to get these guys in and beef up this O-line with a lot of really good talent. You know, it's not just big guys who are like, oh, well, they're okay. It's big dudes, and they're talented. Yeah. Um, so that was my first big one. Um, interesting pick by the Cardinals. Picking up Kyler Murray. I, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see how he does at 5'10", 208 pounds. You know. And in turn, they they traded Josh Rosen to the they Dolphins. They did. They did. Um, they did. Now, the picks I did like by the Cardinals are the wide receivers that they picked up. Yeah. Um, I really like the wide receiver out of uh, Iowa State. I think that that was a really good pickup for him. I think that he would be an excellent number two, maybe even a number one, maybe, depending on how they want to play Fitzgerald. But I, I really like their wide receiver pickups. I think that gives uh, 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 Kyler Murray good offensive weapons to start his career off there. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the big things that the Cards are trying to do is kind of turn around that offense you know, they went 3-12 and 12 last year, uh, or 3-whatever. and whatever. You know, they only won three games, though. And, you know, they were not selling out. They had really low attendance because they just weren't exciting. They were losing, and they weren't scoring a lot. Yeah. So there was kind of nothing going on. Um, Nick Bosa went number two. Yeah, so... Out of Ohio State, a yeah. defensive end. He went to the 49ers. He's going to make a difference right away. Think so? Right away. Right away. I have no doubt about that. He's going to immediately come in, and he's going to set that edge really well. He's athletic. He's quick. He's strong. Um, I also like what the 49ers did, picking up um, um, the herd, uh, picking up herd, uh, and then picking up Smith, the tight end. Picking up the herd. Picking up the herd. <laughs> but they, the the when they picked herd, I think that that was a, a, a good call on their end. Um. I also like what the Bengals did. Mm-hmm. The Bengals drafted all of their needs. They filled every gap that they needed. They got Williams at offensive tackle. They got Finley at quarterback at NC State. I think he's going to be a great backup quarterback. I think I, I, I'd be curious to see if they're trying to move on from Andy Dalton to him, but Andy Dalton has some trouble staying healthy um, or injury-free, I guess. Um, but Finley's a good quarterback. He, you know, he makes his reads well. He, uh, you know, he, he, he's pretty quick with the ball, like as far as his release um he's smart you know he, he he's i think in this in my opinion he's probably one of the better guys at reading defenses him i think maybe Locke out of missouri okay um they're really good at reading defenses and so you know i think that they did a good job picking them up and then staple at tight end they needed a tight end their tight end last year was trash i actually drafted him for a little while in fantasy and he was trash <laughs> so <laughs> i'm glad that he got picked up you know another team that also did that too filled a, a lot of their big needs with cowboys um, you know, they got a good strong safety, they got a good offensive guard, uh, defensive tackle, they got a good cornerback. They needed a tight end though, and they didn't get one. Cause I don't think Witten necessarily is a three down tight end. Not at this age anymore. Probably not. You know what I'm saying? So I'd be curious to see kind of what direction they're going in as far as their utilization of a tight end, which 
you know, for a long time was very, very important into their, their organization, especially because they're going to want to run the ball a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think they did a good job with a lot of different things, but I'm curious as to see what they're going to go for as far as tight end. But you know who did pick up a good tight end? And in my opinion, well, I'll get to that later, the Broncos. I think the Broncos had a great draft. Yeah. So the Broncos picked up a Fant, a tight end out of Iowa. Um, he's basically like a, as described as a bulked up slot receiver. So he's got the speed, he's got the talent. He may not be NFL tight end height per se or weight, but he's a pretty good line, uh, like down lineman blocker. He, you know, he's got great hands. He's quick. He can play multiple positions, kind of like Gronkowski he could play multiple positions. He could play the slot or a down receiver. I think he's going to be kind of like that. I just don't think he's got the size that Gronk had, obviously. Okay. But I think that's a great pickup. Yeah. Um, another one that I really like is uh, Reisner. He's an offensive tackle out of Kansas State. Cool thing about him. So, number one, he's just a big fucking dude. Like, he's going to be good on that O-line. Like, they needed help on that O-line. He's going to be good. But he's also from Colorado. No shit. Yeah, so he's kind of playing for, like, his hometown Very team. Cool. I mean, he grew up in a town of, like, like 800 people. Oh, wow. Yeah, like he's from a small town in Colorado. So it's kind of cool to see him, you know, go right next door to Kansas and then come right back, you know, to his, his friends and family there yeah. in uh, Colorado. Philip Lindsay was the same way. Okay. He played in Colorado. He's from Colorado, too. But he plays for the Broncos. And he was a pro baller. Excellent. Um, and then, like I was saying, they picked up uh, Locke out of Missouri. I think that was a great choice. I think he should have probably gone higher. He's the most experienced quarterback in this draft right now. He played all four years in Missouri, and all four years in Missouri, he was getting the shit kicked out of him. So he's tough. Yeah, He stood there in the face of these SEC teams with not a great line and got hammered for four years, but still did extraordinarily well. So I think that his toughness... His ability to throw the ball, his overall experience level, I think that was a really good pickup for the Broncos. I think that they filled some major gaps, and I think that they're going to get a lot of value out of some guys that they may not have thought they would get as much value out of. Um, An interesting pick at number six, dude. The Giants, they took Daniel Jones at a Duke. Okay. Terrible fucking choice, first of all. If he's not a fucking... Hall of Famer, every Giants fan has a right to fucking try to burn the stadium down. <laughs> like, they suck so much ass, and they just got that much worse, in my opinion. Like, what the fuck is he? Okay, the reason they drafted him is because the same coach who coached him also coached the Manning brothers. They like the way he throws. They like his thought process. He kind of mirrors Eli Manning. He's not fucking Eli Manning. <laughs> like... That was a terrible pickup, in my opinion. He has, like, awful stats over a longer career. Like, I will say, though, he did a good job with what he had, but his whole thing is, like, five-yard passes. Like, congratulations, asshole. You got a guy who can pass five yards. (laughs) Like, fuck, no, stop. You you basically picked up Tom Brady at 40 at 23 now because Tom Brady's really good at those five-yard passes. Yeah. So is he. That's about it. But you are not Bill Belichick and you're not Tom Brady. Like, you, they fucked up. They fucked up. You think so? Yeah, they fucked up. I do like Lawrence, the defensive tackle from Clemson, though. I you do think like they that fucked up, up or do you want them to? No, they fucked up. <laughs> like, it's not that I want them to fuck up. I don't care. 
Like, I don't care how they do. Yeah. Because it doesn't affect my team. I mean, I guess it technically does, but, like, I don't care about the Giants. Yeah. I have no <laughs> affiliation with the Giants, and they fucked up. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, six pick goes to Jones. That's going to be the highlight of his life. Because that I don't was, think that it'll be the highlight of his life, but okay, moving on. <laughs> I was drafted sixth round and cut in year number two. Like, no, the cool thing was that you got drafted one six, not yeah. that you. Anyway, um, the Colts added a whole lot of a whole lot of guys to their defensive side of the ball. A whole lot of guys. I think most of their picks were all defensive players. So I found that to be kind of interesting. Kind of see how that turns out. In my opinion, they need a little bit more help on. The receiving core, but that's just me. Um, I really, really like Jacksonville's first two picks, though. I think Jacksonville did a great job. Yeah, they picked up Allen, the offensive linebacker from Kentucky, offensive outside linebacker from Kentucky. Um, he's going to make a difference right <coughs> away. And they picked up Taylor, the offensive tackle from Florida, who can also make a difference right away. I think that those two picks were like excellent for what they needed. They didn't fill a whole lot of their needs. Um, but what they did pick up, they're going to get a lot of value out of. Um, I also think that the Rams had a really good draft. They picked up a uh, wrap, the uh, safety at a Washington uh, long, another cornerback. They picked up. Uh, so remember how we, a long time ago, we talked about last chance you. Yeah. So Dakota Allen was on last chance. You, he played a tech, got nice. kicked out for something or other, something with the law, went to Eastern Mississippi, played, on that team during the time where last chance he was taking place, got back on to Texas Tech and then was drafted by the Rams. No shit. Yeah. First player to get drafted. Um that's a nice story. He was drafted seventh round, thirty seventh pick. Uh but first guy to be drafted from that last chance U program. Okay. Um which I thought was most excellent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Very cool. Um another team that filled like all of the needs that they kinda had was Minnesota. I thought they had a really good draft. Um, I like Bradbury at the center. I like uh, Smith Jr., the tight end from Alabama. Um, former Longhorn uh, Boyd got drafted, cornerback, uh, seventh round, third pick. So congratulations to him. Um, Didn't you say Dwayne Hassens was going to go number one overall? I think he should have. think he should have. I think he should have. I think he's a much better quarterback than... He dropped all the way down to number 15. He did, yeah. Um, got picked up by the Redskins. I want to see him succeed. I really do. I think he's a great quarterback. I think he's got great stature. I think he's got a great arm. I think he's got great vision. Um, obviously, every quarterback's got something they need to work on. He's got his stuff, too. And I want to see him do well. I don't think he's going to do that well in Washington. They need a quarterback now. Now. They need one right now. Um, but they have one. They have technically three. Now cool. four, I think. Colt McCoy's still there? Yeah, McCoy's still there. Um, you know... Keen, can't help but feel there. bad for that guy. I think he's fine, dude. A backup quarterback is like the dream job. Yeah. I'm a quarterback for an NFL football team, and I never get touched. <laughs> Shit, I'll <laughs> take that money. Yeah, I just get to work out and play football constantly. Constantly. Like, oh, no, it sounds like the fucking worst. Yeah. You know. Occasionally, I'll get in a game. <laughs> yeah, as I'm like, you know, yeah. sitting here working in the sewers, like, oh, what a fucking asshole. You know? Yeah. Um, But my problem is, is that he, he doesn't have a great wide receiver core, doesn't have a great running back core. Not a great fan base. They need to win now. Like, I just don't think he's going to be super successful there, which I hope doesn't hinder his overall NFL career, but I'm afraid that it might yeah. on some level. You know what I'm saying? Oh, well, you weren't successful here, so 
suck a dick. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, I fear about that. You know who else fucked up again? Goddamn Buccaneers. They drafted another kicker for like the second time in like four years. They drafted a kicker, and the last one they drafted sucked ass. Why are you so upset about it? Because it makes no <laughs> sense. I'm like, hey, I'd like to waste this pick, please. Like, <laughs> give it to somebody else. Give your pick to somebody else. If you're going to pick a kicker, give your pick to somebody else. <laughs> you don't draft a kicker. You pick him up afterwards. And I'd you're like, be- oh, I guess you're good enough. Come on, sport. I would love to see you in a war room. Oh, man. I would, dude, I would. I would pay money. Dude, I would you. scream at some bitches. Uh, you want to draft a goddamn kicker? <laughs> Are you shitting me? Like, oh, my God, dude. I would be so rowdy. Speaking of kickers, Justin Tucker got paid, bro. Yeah, he did, dude. Justin Tucker deserves to get paid, bro. Got paid, bro. We can look. earned every fucking penny of that Don't look shit, it up. Bro. It's okay. Oh, I'm just going to get my, my charger out. Okay. Um, But, yeah, so I thought that was kind of an, a just god fucking stupid pick from the fucking bucks. Um... <laughs> so the Patriots did a good job. Their search for a tight end still continues, though. They didn't pick up a tight end in the draft, and mm-hmm. they kind of needed one. Obviously, there weren't a whole lot of super great tight ends towards the time when they were actually drafting, but yeah, year regardless, mm-hmm. they still don't have one. So I'll be yeah. curious as to what they're going to do. Oh, I think there's a little bit no, I'll plug you in. I think those two are taken. Oh, hey. I don't know anything. I was about to say, I know my spot. Jesus, I don't know, I know anything. <laughs> um... But, yeah, so I, I do really like the pickup at wide receiver, uh, Harry, um, the wide receiver out of ASU. Uh, he's a big dude. He's a physical dude. Um, good at boxing out, good at using his body. I think those are a good pickup. Um, I also like uh, the Harris, that running back. Um, and then the curious thing to me is they drafted Stidham, S-T-I-D-H-A-M, quarterback out of Auburn, in the fourth round of the 31st pick. I thought that was kind of interesting. I'd be curious as to see if it's kind of just a backup or if that's the apparent heir to Tom Brady. Yeah. But I'm curious kind of where that 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 pick leads. Mm-hmm. Um another team that I think did really, really well, although their their first round pick with the fourth the first the fourth overall pick in the first round kind of made some people scratch their heads a little bit. I thought it was an excellent pickup. The Raiders. So the Raiders drafted uh, Farrell, the defensive end from Clemson, with the fourth overall pick. Makes sense, though. They needed a defensive end. They needed a lineman. They had, there were guys in the league that had more sacks individually than the Raiders had as a team. They got no pressure on the quarterback. Picking up a DN makes sense to me. Yeah. They filled some other pretty big holes. I think that they're going to do a good job with these guys, like developing them into yeah. the system that they want. Mm-hmm. But I, their pick made sense to me. Okay. Maybe not that D end per se, but... A defensive end. But they needed somebody to pressure the quarterback. Yeah. And they needed line. They needed a down lineman. You know, they needed that D end. I think that, that was I think that was a really good pickup. All righty. Um, Pittsburgh, great job in great the draft. Job. They filled inside, outside linebacker positions. They filled wide receiver, tight end, offensive guard. Um, and remember the guy I was talking about with the uh, who stepped all over the MSU logo? That guy? They drafted that guy. No shit. And they need that guy. Yeah. Pittsburgh for the longest time has been a defensive team. Since uh Ryan went out, the linebacker who got paralyzed, mm-hmm. they haven't been like nasty. Yeah. They need this that. This guy's gonna get them they're gonna get grit out of this dude. They're gonna get fucking nasty. You that's know what I'm good. saying? Like that's exciting to see if you're a Pittsburgh fan, somebody who like cares that much. Yeah. 
that has that attitude that has that like fuck you and your mom kind of attitude yeah you know what i'm saying so it's exciting it's exciting for me to kind of see this level of aggression back into the steelers defense because maybe that's what they were missing you know what i'm saying yeah like in the steelers are a the fucking crazy ex-girlfriend who couldn't get her shit together. Like, they're just a whole fucking dumpster fire, but, like, with weird, weirdly put together. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's kind of strange. You know, like, you got into, uh, uh, Antonio Brown, who was <laughs> a dick forever and got essentially sent away. You had Le'Veon Bell, who, what do you have, Big Ben, who's calling fucking everybody out. You have the owner who's like, hey, I don't know. <laughs> oh, shit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, you got the coach who's, Arguably a great coach, you know, won Super Bowls, but, you know, lets his players have a lot of personality, which causes some conflict. And, you know, with the injury to uh, Scheiser, Scherzer, how Scherzer, Scherzer, Scherzer. Um, you know, if, I mean, shit, like that, the, what, what, <laughs> what? <laughs> so it's exciting to see them get like this, like. The player that they, yeah. fits their personality. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Go Real excited. Hit somebody but... hard. <laughs> like, just go hit somebody. Like, just. I don't want to say hurt somebody, but like hit somebody real fucking hard. Like that dude out of the replacements. Yeah, with Daniel, exactly. Daniel Bateman. Exactly. Yes. yes. That was a great I one. got the ball. I got the ball. I got the ball. Danny, I need the ball. <laughs> I get the ball. I get the ball. <laughs> You're great movie. I'm just going to sit here, sort shit out. Yeah. <laughs> you do that. <laughs> red, red means stop. Red means stop. Um, so, yeah. So, my overall winners, in my opinion, um, it's kind of a tie for me. I really like what the Raiders did, and I really like what the Broncos did. In my opinion, I think the Broncos are going to get the most value. Um, I think that the Raiders may have a more immediate impact, the Raiders players, because um, I also really like the running back that they picked up out of Alabama. I think there's less wear and tear on his tires, He's and he's kind of Marshawn Lynch-like in that he's a great blocker. He's a very physical back, doesn't have the best hands, but he's a downhill runner. And he'll get to the spot before a lot of guys do. So I think, you know, I think they did a great job. I think the Raiders did a great job. I think that they, like I said, might have a more immediate impact. But I think the Broncos will get more out of what they picked over right. a longer period of time. So it's kind of a tie for me between the Raiders and the Broncos. And then the losers are the fucking Giants. Daniel Jones. You should have just fucking drafted me. Like, <laughs> Just give me shit. Just give half a million, million dollars. I'll suck. easily go. I can suck all. Like I can. I, I'm, I'm terrible, but like he's also terrible. So give me the money instead. You know. Like God dang. Okay, and then these are my favorite names of the NFL draft. All right. I, I always love looking at names out of yeah. the NFL draft. Let's hear them. First one is Montez Sweat. Montez what? Yeah, he's a lineman out of uh, 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 Mississippi State. Montez Sweat. Like sweat. Yeah. S W E A T. What? Yeah, Montez Sweat. All right. Love that name. Uh, next one, Rocky Asin. Rocky Asin? Rock, R-O-C-K. Okay. Last name is hyphenated Y-A-S-I-N. Rocky Asin. <laughs> okay. It's like haha Clinton Dix. Like, yeah. That shit's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Rocky Asin. <laughs> uh, he's a, I believe he's a corner. Corner. All right. Um, <clears throat> this one's hard for me to say, but I think it's great. Um, Yodent? Y O D N T Yodent. Let me let me try it. What pick is it? Uh, I don't know what the pick was, but Yodent Kahusti, C A J U S T E. See was what? C A Kajusti. Yeah, Yodent Kajusti. C A J what? 
C A J U S T E. Right? Huh. I don't know. It's <laughs> a great name. I don't want to try to butcher What's your it. Name? Yadin, as in y'all didn't fucking go, did you? <laughs> <laughs> um, the next one is just like as fucking Scandinavian as it gets. This dude's like 6'5", 308 pounds. His name is Hyalti Froholt. Froholt. Yeah, so it's spelled H-J-A-L-T-E is the first name. And the last name is F-R-O-H-O-L-D-T. Halti Froholt. Halti Froholt. Can you imagine like a 6'5", 300 pound dude with that name just staring at you? Yeah, I don't want I to. I probably would cry. I don't want to imagine You probably wouldn't have to say anything. Yeah. I'd probably start crying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's probably one of those dudes that can like think really hard and like grow a beard immediately. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, mm, oh, fuck. I um, play football. So this one is great. It sounds like they were trying to be just super fancy. Sheldrick Redwine, I presume. Sheldrick. Sheldrick Redwine. Sheldrick? Sheldrick. S-H-E-L-D-R-I-C-K. Sheldrick Redwine. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, probably my personal favorite, uh, Michael Jackson was drafted in this year's draft. Michael Jackson. Yeah, Michael Jackson was drafted this year. All right. Went to uh, the NFL. <laughs> Went to the, he's in the NFL. Congratulations, Mike. All right. Yeah, so those are my favorite names of the draft this there year. There you go. Hey, quick shout out real quick to Josiah Talofa out of UTSA. He went undrafted, though. He went yeah, und- but he did went- get picked up by the Giants. He went undrafted to the to Another the Gi- player got picked up by the Giants, too. Yeah. Another UTSA guy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, congratulations to that. Very, con- yeah, yeah, big congrats to him. Yeah. Cool. Uh, moving on. That was about it. Right on. Good the NFL a- draft, though. Interesting. Yeah. Also, the announcers this year were hilarious. In were they? Cases. Yeah, they were pretty funny. Pat McAfee had a great one. Um, He was talking about how, you know, He's a punter for the Colts, and the Colts and the Titans play all the time. But he's like, needless to say, the Colts didn't have to punt against the Titans very much, so you probably don't know who I am. <laughs> and I was like, that's fucking hilarious. Probably have no idea who I am. <laughs> he also has a podcast, by the way. He does, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know the name of yeah. it, but yeah. Um, cool, so we'll get into a little... Uh, AL Central. little AL Central. little ALC, little super extraordinary AL Central. The White Sox, Indians, Tigers, Royals, and Twins. So this one is... Uh, uh, hooray. <laughs> Yay, sports. Just the most riveting division in baseball. <laughs> one of. just Yeah, just the best, honestly. One of, obviously. Just honestly. like mm-hmm. I can't think of a better team than the White Sox, honestly. Anyway. Maybe the... Uh, I don't know. The uh, Round Rock Express? The, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe the missions might be on that level. Dude, the missions act. They um, missions game was fun, dude. We went. Yeah, they did yeah. well. Yeah, the two home runs, dude. Two home runs from uh, I forgot what the dude's name yeah, was, dude. but yeah, it I was, was looking at the stats. Uh, SAFC actually won that day too. I did think they, they won three 0 Nice. Yeah, they fucking killed it. Very good for them. Yeah, good for uh, San Antonio sports. All right, are we gonna look at the White Sox first? I was like, do you want to look at the White Sox first? We can. Let's do that. I was let's, like, I have them all pulled up. Just depends on what 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 direction you wanted to go in. Uh, let's do White Sox first. All right. Um. Their depth chart is at. So they got starting pitchers Lucas Giolito, yeah. <coughs> Ronaldo, Ronaldo Lopez, Carlos Runon, uh, Ivan Nova, and Irving Santana rounding out that uh, starting starting pitching lineup. Um, they also got Kelvin Herrera, who was part of that Royals team that uh, made those World Series runs. Mm-hmm. Um, Jace Fry, Nate Jones, and Ryan Burr, and Manny uh Benuelos in the Benuelos. in the bull, in the bullpen, um, 
I got Wellington Castillo. Oh, and then Alex uh, Colom at closer, by the way, too. Oh, okay, yeah, Alex Colom at closer. But yeah, Uh, Castillo, Wellington Castillo behind the plate. uh, Yonder Alonso at first. Yomer Sanchez at at 2B. Uh, Yon Moncado, third base. Moncada? Moncado? With an A. That's an A at the end. Oh, Moncada. Sorry, Moncada. Okay. Tim (laughs) Anderson. And then Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson. (laughs) Shortstop. You went from Yon Moncada uh, to Tim uh, Anderson. Yonder, Yolmer, Yon, Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson. <laughs> hey, sport. There you go. Oh, yeah, but he wears uh, jean shorts and white New Balance shoes. Yeah. <laughs> and right back to it, Eloy Jimenez. <laughs> so that pitching staff, uh, just to look at it real quick here, the pitching staff, what are they? Oh, they have Jose Abreu as DH. Do they really? Yeah, Daniel yeah, they Polka do. and uh, right, and then... Uh, Leroy Garcia in center field. Not a bad line. Their infield is actually pretty stacked. Wellington Castillo's a great player. Yachty's, or, uh, Yonder's a good guy. Yalmer's a good guy. <laughs> Tim is there. He likes to do things. He likes to do things. Um, so the pitching staff, they have an average um, an average ERA right now of uh, just over 5.44. Um, and then the lineup. How does the lineup look, man? Um, not bad. So as I'm looking at it, they have a few guys that are batting in the 300. Tim Anderson's batting a 385 uh, with 22 games played. Um, Yon Moncada is batting a 324 again with like 25 games played. He's got um, a non-base percentage of 404 too. Yeah, they get on base, and they have actually pretty. They have what 33 home runs as a as a whole. They yeah. give they've given up 38 home runs, but they have 33. I mean, you know, they don't drive in a whole lot of runs though. I've noticed of yeah. the opponents they play, they've given up 136. Um, Jose Abreu's given or Jose Abreu's having a pretty good season, batting two seventy three. Uh, Luri Garcia mm-hmm. is uh, batting the he's batting two ninety three. It looks like Tim Anderson three eighty five. I mean, it's not a it's not a terrible. They have five lineup. guys who have over three home runs. They have two that have five. One has six. Like they got some power and they hit some doubles too. I mean, yeah. they have a lot of extra base hits. They have forty four extra base hits. Their opponents. Total is also 44. So they get on base pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, their war is not great, though. I mean, if you look at most of these guys, they're like none of them are above one. But regardless, that doesn't necessarily mean a whole terrible lot as long as these guys are playing, you know, to, to their potential. But so right now, the team leaders in batting average, you have Tim Anderson at shortstop with a 385. Uh, you have Yohan Moncada with six home runs. Uh, Jose Abreu has 24 RBIs on base percentage. Again, Tim Anderson with a 404. And then Tim Anderson actually also leads uh, the club with uh, hits and uh, 35. Looks like uh, Anderson might be somebody we need to watch out for here. Yeah. Coming up in the next uh, few years. Yeah. Uh, Who do you want to talk next? Uh, You want to do Twins? Who cares? Hold on. I want to look at one thing real quick. Okay. Twins are leading that division, man. 16-9. They are. Wow. Their fielding percentage as a whole is a 975. 975? Yeah. That's the White Sox? Mm-hmm. Okay. So not bad. Okay. Uh, you want to do? Who do you want to do next? Twins. Twins. <coughs> Sixteen or nine. Uh, what's that starting pitching lineup look like? Hold on one sec. I was looking at the Royals by accident. So they got Jose Barrios, Kyle Gibson, Jake Odorizzi. Is that that looks like how that would be said? Yeah. Uh, Michael Pineda, Martin Perez. Martin Perez is with the Twins now. <laughs> Yeah, but right. he's going to lose for them, too. All right. 
You got uh, Blake Parker, uh, Taylor Rogers, uh, Hildenberger, Trevor Hildenberger, uh, Mejia, and Harper, Ryan Harper, um, as your relief pitchers, and then Trevor May as your closer. Now, as I'm looking at their lineup, I only really see one, two, I guess, standout guys, maybe three. Marwin Gonzalez got traded over from the Astros. I was like, Marwin Gonzalez at third. You have... uh, George Polanco at short. You have Jonathan Swoop at second. That's a good pickup. Jason Nelson Castro Cruz? behind the plate. Uh, Nelson Cruz at DH, yeah. Uh, Max Kelper at right field. Buxton has been having a hell of a season so far. And then Rosario. So, actually, they have a, they have a pretty pretty decent lineup, as a matter of fact. Um, looks like they want to just get on base a lot more than everybody else. Looks like they want to score runs from that lineup. Because if you look at it, too, so Polanco is right now leading the team with a 337 batting average. Rosario in left field has got 11 home runs to lead the team. He also leads the team in RBIs with 24. Cruz, uh, Cruz is a 404 on base percentage. And then Polanco, again, 30, 32 hits. He leads the team in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a few guys that are hitting pretty well, too. Wilson's, uh Astudio, the catcher, 16 games, batting a 327. Looks like these guys can. If it might be up to their pitchings, honestly. Well, I mean, pitching is a very important aspect of baseball, right? But it might be one of those things where, like, the Rangers, like, we're hoping to score more than you. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. we're okay with our pitchers giving up five plus runs, right? As long as we score six plus runs, you know. Speaking of the Rangers, dude, uh, ah, forgot his first name. Anyways, we'll talk about that once we talk about the Rangers division. And they actually don't have too many guys on the DL either. <clears throat> don't they have four guys on the DL? Marwins and Gonzalez is only batting a 173. It's kind of sad. Cruz batting 297. Yeah, it does not really look like they're doing too terrible. Yeah. Batting average overall is a 250. On base percentage is a 321. Wow, actually looks like the White Sox have better batting stats than these guys do and yet these guys are first in the AL at 16 and 9. That's curious. I wonder if they can keep that up. Yeah. I would like to see them. And I was saying earlier that they're a team to watch out for. I just didn't realize they'd be this good this early. Yeah, 16 and 9. That's kind of surprising. It's not bad at all. Tigers next? Who do you want? Tigers next or Indians? We'll do Tigers real quick. Okay. Um, So looking at the Tigers, their pitching staff is nowhere near what it used to be when they had Scherzer, when they had Verlander. But I think it's starting to... Think about that, man. You once had Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. Oh, I know. On the same team? Dude, that's fucking scary. Yeah, that's a scary team. Um, And you had Miguel Cabrera. Like, you had had some players. So, starting pitching looks like this. They have Jordan Zimmerman, uh, Matthew Boyd, Tyson Ross, and then Spencer Turnbull. Um, Quite a few relievers here. Joe Jimenez, Daniel Strumpf. Victor Alcantara, Blaine Hardy, Buck Farmer, and then Shane Green is the closer. That's actually, that's, hold on. I'm curious as to what that stat line looks like as far as their closers are or like their uh, back end bullpen. Yeah. Let's see. So overall, they have a 4 1 ERA with 1.3 whip, which is box hits per inning. War is also not great, but Boyd actually has a, has a, at least a, Award above one. Um, 210 hits, 
105 earned runs, 29 home runs, 90 walks, not bad, with 223 strikeouts. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't think that they're going to do all that great, especially because, I mean, if you look at a lot of their players right now, um, you know, they, they don't have as many pieces as they used to. So have Grayson Gardner at, uh, behind the plate, Hicks at first, Harrison at second, um, Kendler at third, Beckham at short. It's like the only real big name they have is Jacoby Jones at center field. And then Miguel Cabrera at DH. So I don't see this team doing very well. Yeah. I, d- I just don't think they have it right now. I wonder they would consider themselves in a rebuild mode. Well, how would you not, you know? Well, I think you're rebuilding if you're not winning, but are you rebuilding to the point where you're tearing your team apart, or what are you doing, you know? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't see them doing very well. I think the big ones in the division right now are going to be the Indians and the Royals, or excuse me, Indians and Twins, and then I think the White Sox can probably make some noise. Um, let's yeah. go over the Royals real quick, though, Okay. while we're at it. Uh, Royals after their after their uh, playoff runs and after their World Series runs, they kind of um, fell off the table. They kind of dropped the ball on keeping at that elite level. Yeah, they um, by a lot. Mm-hmm. Got rid of uh, Hosmer. Yeah, you get rid of Hosmer. Yeah, you get rid of uh, 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 third baseman for the Brewers now. Uh What's his name? Oh, uh, Mustakas. Thank you, Mike Mustakas. Yeah, were they able to keep their? Yeah, they were able to keep their left fielder Alex Gordon. Uh, Billy Hamilton is there. I was like, so they're batting a two forty four as a team right now. <sighs> Alex Hamilton, Alex Gordon is still there. Uh, Hunter Dozier, third base. He's batting a three forty nine. He actually leads the team and well, actually leads the team in batting average, home runs, and on base percentage at uh, three forty nine seven, and then a four forty four on base percentage. Uh, yeah, Brad Keller. Whit Murfield has 34 hits. Keller, yeah, this team's not going to do very well. Homer Bailey went through a no hitter, didn't he? I think he did. Yeah, now yeah. that you mention it, with the Reds, yeah. pretty sure. Yeah, I kind of wish Billy Hamilton didn't play for this team. <laughs> I've always been a fan of Billy Hamilton. You know, it is what it is. But I liked him when he played for the Reds forever. <laughs> the league, jo- dude, Joey Votto popped up to. Popped up to first for the first time in his career. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, for the first time ever. And Joey Gallo got his first sacrifice fly. Yeah, out of, with like a hundred plus home runs. Got yeah, his first sacrifice fly. Are you kidding me? I'm like, what the fuck? That's rowdy. I can pop up to first, no problem. Fun facts. Does that make me better than Joey Votto if I can pop up to first? No, it does more not. than he can. No, it does not. I don't know. As much as you want to tell yourself, I feel like I just might be better because I can do that and he can't. You know. I think so. it might be worse. I don't know. I don't know. I can do something he can't, so I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good right now, Loki. Tell yourself that. So I needed this today, so just let me have it, all right? Yeah, all right. <laughs> Last look at the Indians. The Indians. The Indians. I like the Indians. I really like their coach. I think they're going to turn it around. I think that they're just having a... Because they always seem to do this. At the beginning of the year, they always seem to start slow and then peak <clears throat> towards October baseball. You know? Yeah. Uh, Corey Kluber... Carlos Carrasco, Trevor, Trevor Bauer, and Shane Bieber are uh, that starting lineup pitching rotation. You got Adam Chimber, Kim Simber in the Simber. yeah Simber in the in the bullpen. Neil Ramirez, Oliver Perez, Dan Otero, and Tyler Olson. With Brad Hand having the closer job, mm-hmm. um, 
Got some good players in this lineup. Yeah. Jason Kipnis still there. Jose Ramirez. Francisco Lindor, one of the more one of the more elite uh, shortstops in the game. Mm-hmm. Leonis Martin, former Ranger. Cargo, former Rocky. Yeah. Playing right field out there. Yeah. Go Cargo. Yeah. Jake Bowers is DH. Carlo, yeah, I like Carlos Santana. They lost uh what was that dude's name? Um tall dude, pitcher. Oh, um yeah, I know who you're talking about though. Yeah. To the Yankees, right? Yeah. Yeah. But even still, I mean, look at that. Two of those three, I think all three of their, well, no, all four of their starting pitchers are like lights out. Yeah. They've all proven over this season so far that they are all lights out. Yeah. Like if they can just keep that consistently, this is a really scary team. Mm -hmm. I mean, they got some depth over here. Like this is going to be a scary team, I think, come come October. You're not going to want to face this pitching staff. I think I don't think you ever want to face this pitching staff. Right. Yeah. I mean, never do you ever want to face, you know, Kubler. But regardless, I mean, especially when it comes down to more meaningful baseball, like you don't want to play these guys. And they have one of the better managers in the game. Oh, yeah, for sure. He yeah. understands the game very, oh. very well. And he yeah. can do a lot with a little bit. Yeah. You know, so quick rundown of this. Yeah. I was like, all right, who do you got? Um, Man, that's an it's it's obviously going to come down to the Indians and Twins. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, based on the pitching, I have to give it to the Indians. Same. Yeah, I mean, pitching is the most important part of baseball, um, if not one of the most important parts of baseball. So it's like half the game. It's half the game, <laughs> or yeah. I guess maybe a third of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Pitching, it's hitting, a, fielding. It's a large percentage of the game. Yeah. Indians, I'm going to have to, yeah, Indians, Twins would probably get that second spot, maybe fight for the wild card. Not maybe. They no. probably will. No? I don't think so. No? I think they'll be in the, like, race for the wild card, but I don't think they'll win. I don't think they'll get to the wild card. Okay. Uh, Tigers, um, let's see. The Royals will finish last. Yeah. Yeah. And I think probably. I got White Sox. In third. I got Indians, Twins, White Sox. Uh, tigers, and, tigers, t- tigers, and rolls. Yeah, I'll go in that order too. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty Sorry. fair. Now, interesting, interesting thing that we saw the other day that I brought up to you. Yeah, strike zones, strike zones, and the umpire's ability to recognize a ball versus a strike. So there was a study done that says that twenty percent of all calls in the major leagues are incorrect. That means one out of every five pitches. Let me see if I still have it. You sent called it. incorrectly. You sent it to me. Let me see if I still have it. Keep talking. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, however, when it came to what was it? The late innings, or was it playoffs? Hold on. But regardless, the later that it got in the game, apparently umpires go from missing 20% of calls to missing about 30% of calls. It was like 29-30%, right? Yeah. So what's it say? Boston University analyzed 4 million pitches and found MLB umpires made incorrect calls 20% of the time in 2018. When batters had two strikes, the umpire's error rate increased 29%. That's what it was. Yeah. So it seems like when you got two strikes, they pretty much give it to the pitcher regardless, first of all. And their strike zone expands entirely too much. So the conversation is, should we bring in technology to call balls and strikes in the major leagues? 
Right now, the answer for me is no. Mine would be somewhere along the lines of fuck no and hell no. Somewhere in between that <laughs> and that spectrum. Like, I'm not quite like, fuck no. Because I'm like, it would be interesting and it might change a lot of games. And I'd be curious to see if that change is negative or positive for the game. But I'm also like, hell no, don't change it. Because, like, why? Why? Right. For me, and this is obvious for me, but... Obviously, you're taking away the human part of that, the human part of the game, the right. human element of the game. Right. I don't like the idea of bringing in a robotic, whatever the fuck it's going to be, thing behind a catcher or first row behind the backstop to call balls and strikes. Because, but just, I was like, but why? So, what is your okay? What's your stance for, and what's your stance against? Why do you not? I don't have want anything it? for it, really. I mean, you have no, you, there's nothing that you see that could be positive that came out of this. Oh, I mean, the positives would be, I mean, obviously, better, better calls would be, we would hope would be called, basically. Right. I mean, for, but how would that even work, man? Because, like, literally, like, are they going to be designed to know what the actual zone is like and how like what are the you know but like what are the 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 measurements of that zone like how, right. you know like it's just there's too many things that at play for me to to be on board with this and right. what the biggest thing that I was thinking about was at that point what do the pitchers think like how does that like that that's going to you know I think it make it easier for the pitchers on some level, because then you know exactly where your strike zone is all the time. There's no finding it. But you have to throw perfect. You have to like. You have to throw it over the plate. I mean, but, oh fuck, really? But you can't. You have to throw a strike. You can't paint what? anymore. It says who? I, you, you could paint. I was but like, says who? It's a borderline pitch, regardless. It's gonna be a borderline pitch, whether there's technology or not. I just, I don't so like I, it. Okay, I just, I just. Here's my argument against what you said. So I would be for it under two conditions. Number one, it's only for balls and strikes. You do not bring technology in outside of calling balls and strikes and then fair ball or not. But even then, leave it alone. My big thing is if it's only for balls and strikes, sure, bring it in. If you can figure out a way to create a strike zone that could be altered per batter, then go ahead. Altered per batter? Yeah. Like, okay. But not a set strike zone. No. Th this, because this... if you think about it, like, look at the way that Jeff Bagwell batted, his batting stance. Right. Yeah. It was very small. Altuve is a small dude. His batting strike zone is, yeah. is very small. Yeah. And then you look at, like, Aaron Judge. If you're going knees to letters, that's a big-ass strike zone. It's a big zone. If you're going belt to knees, that's a still a big-ass strike zone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if you can figure out a way, some kind of algorithm that would adjust the strike zone to the batter's like height, you know what I'm saying? I would be okay with it. But generally, like when we watch K, like when you watch games, they have that K zone up. Yeah. That doesn't move. That doesn't change. It doesn't know. It stays in the same place. I imagine they would use pretty much that same principle. That's where I see it going. The strike That's, zone is here. Like when you say bring in technology to call balls and strikes, I'm picturing already when ESPN has has the broadcast. And we have that now. And they already have the strike yeah, zone right there. Yeah, we have the strike zone And now. it doesn't change for the batter. It, right. Like whoever, whoever's in there, right. that's the strike okay, zone. Okay, but then it doesn't change for the pitcher either. It's the same thing. Yeah. The only difference is who's calling the strikes. Yeah. 
who's calling the pitches. Yeah. I'm not opposed to it. I'm really not. Do I think they should add it? No. But if they do, I'm not going to be upset. I like the human element. I like that mistakes can be made. It's frustrating for every team to be either for or against. But just I mean, the if you idea think about that, it, just the idea that everyone's going to have to like take a second. Oh, is that a ball or strike? Wait for a machine to tell you whether or not it's a ball. It tells you almost immediately. Like they do that now. And fuck, I've seen umpires that are way delayed in their calls. And okay, let's say an umpire goes, "Oh, it's a strike." It would make immediately. Pun- yeah, but it's actually a ball. And now that guy struck out, and the Rangers just lost the World Series on a strikeout because Angel Hernandez is sitting behind the plate, <laughs> and his strike zone's fucking ridiculous. That's the biggest issue is is, is inconsistencies of of umpires. Right. I mean, fuck, they're pretty consistent. One out of five pitches, like that's pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But some of them are much more obvious than others. You know. You got, you know, pitches on the corners, pitches high, pitches low. Got pitches everywhere. But maybe it's an issue with the umpires. Maybe it's an issue with, to, you know, sensitiveness. Some of these guys just not allowing players to, to say, like, really anything at all. Because, right. I mean, there's already been issues this year. Right. You know? Yeah, Bryce Harper got thrown out of the game because of it. Yeah. You know? I don't know. I'm not against it. I just, I don't think they should add it. I don't, I don't see why they would. Like, I don't think it'll help enough to warrant it. But, like, I'd be for it. Makes the game more fair. I just, I don't know. Right now, I'm still. Yeah, but you are such a traditionalist when it comes to baseball that, like, anything new. I mean, shit, you're mad at kids for dancing at baseball games? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You little fuck nuts, quit moving around over there. Like. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, you're. Yeah. That's. I don't know. It depends on it. it, it, And we don't bring this up as we don't bring this up, meaning like it's a big issue that's going on right now. We just we thought it would be interesting to discuss. Like we we don't know anything. Like we don't know whether or not this will be introduced in the next year or two. Which is the SDMOB is 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 wanting to introduce a lot of new rules and changing the game in whatever ways that they feel that they need to, but. We don't like. We're just we we thought this would be uh, not a fun discussion, but an interesting discussion as far as what are our points of view. Uh, on, uh, yeah, exactly. And so, for those of you saying, "Is this going to happen? Is this why do these kids keep like, fighting? What, like, what's going on? <laughs> like, we don't know. Like, we don't know that we don't know whether or not this is going to be changed or not. But right, I don't like. I don't think it ever will be. I hope not. But you never know. You know. Ah, oh, jeez. I just they could consider it, you know, more important. Yeah, you know what I'm saying then. So, anyways, but we'll see how it goes. How let's, about uh, let's remember to check out our friends real quick over at Baseballism this baseball season. Uh, for those that don't know, Baseballism is an all baseball related apparel and clothing company for baseball people. If you love baseball or even just like it, uh, you should be wearing Baseballism. It's America's brand, the official off the field brand for baseball. Go visit baseballism.com. While you're there, use our coupon code AA Sports, AA Sports, for a 15% discount off your first order. If you're not ready to order just quite yet, make sure to follow them on all their socials. They're act, they're active every day and every week with new releases pretty much every week. This is really some sick new sunglasses. They really they they have uh, swim shorts for the summertime for the kids, all a whole bunch of kids kids clothing items. So uh, go check them out. Gotta love baseball season. Yeah, same. Yeah. yeah. 
It gives me something to do all the time. Seriously. Like, I love it. There's always a game on. Yeah. yeah. There's always, like, eight games on. Yeah. It feels like. I was talking to somebody at work today, Ruben. And, or not today. <laughs> excuse me. Yesterday. And he was like, is this already base- isn't baseball season already over? And I was like, it ended on, like, a while back. And he goes, yeah, in, like, October, right? And I was like, isn't that when it starts? I was like, no, that's when mm, it ends. That's when it ends, bro. He's like, oh, when's it starting? I was like, April, May, you know, around that time. He goes, yeah. oh, shit, okay, well, how many, like, how long till it's over? I was like, October. <laughs> He's like, fuck, how many games do they play? And I was like, 162. He's like, how many do they play? And I was like, I don't know, like, 25. Yeah. He's like, are you fucking kidding? This is ridiculous. Why do people like the sport? And I was like, it's because we're intelligent. I don't know. Like, because it's beautiful? Yeah, we're smart people. We get the game. Yeah. So. But this dude kills at basketball. Really? Yeah, this dude is killer. Like, he's not very tall, but, like, fuck, he's got a shot. All right. Dude will destroy you. Okay. Like, he'll answer his fucking, uh, what are those AirPods? Talk to your girlfriend, hit a three over you, and walk away like nothing happened. Like, dude's a killer. All right. He's a killer. Okay. Anyways, let's get into some basketball, dude. Let's get into some basketball. Let's get into some basketball. NBA playoffs. You were able to bring on your buddy Dwight. For oh, those that uh, remember our episode with yeah, uh, Dwight yeah. and Ellen. Let's get that popping. Yeah. Cool man, let's get into uh, let's get into some playoffs. Let's do it. Let's get into some NBA or NBA playoffs. NBA playoffs. Nobody cares about the NHL playoffs. Well, I think like six people care, maybe seven tops. Ten, maybe. You think that yeah. much? Yeah. Fair enough. All yeah. right. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's get into a little bit more popular playoffs. Okay. Just by like a skosh from it's, like ten to twelve. It's a little 13. bit, yeah. Um. Let's talk some NBA playoffs. So, uh, on the phone, we brought back one of our uh, one of our guests from a, a previous show. Uh, a good friend of mine from uh, up in Colorado, Dwight Smith. What's going on, bud? What's going on, guys? How are you this morning? Good morning, good morning. Good morning. Good yeah, morning. It is morning indeed. Appreciate your time this morning, <laughs> man. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I had to wake up to uh, sad news that it's snowing here. It's about to start snowing this morning. No. no. For some reason, <laughs> every time I call you guys, it ends up snowing for some reason. Maybe winter did fall, so... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Dang man, right, I can't believe it's still snowing up there, dude. Yeah, I don't know what's going You're on. Six... It was literally eighty degrees yesterday, guys. Dang, no, that's tough. What? That sounds like Colorado, though, Loki. Yeah, <laughs> that you, sounds about right. You can't right. make this stuff. Up. <laughs> 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 yeah, I believe. I believe <laughs> All right, so uh, first, let's cover who's uh, who's playing around in the. Yeah, the semifinals. So in the East right now, there are the Bucks and the Celtics going at it. Um, that's gonna be a good series. It is. Yeah, that's gonna be a real good series. Should be a good series. Um, Great. Yeah. Right. Who Who do you got, Dwight? Who do you got winning that one? Uh, that game one with the uh, Celtics that's... taking that first one. Yeah, that was tough. I don't know, guys. It's gonna be a rough one. I. I, I... I, I'm, I've always been a big fan of Brad Stevens. I guess now that I'm coaching, I really lean towards the coaches. But just the way the Celtics play and how long they are, how versatile they are, especially with a lot of guys 6'7", six, 6'5", six, six, that can switch and play as good a defense as they are, mm-hmm. it just looks like they are finally peaking at the right time. And it's just like NCAA basketball. When you get a team that really starts to click at the right time of year, that's the scariest part. Yeah. yeah. But they them to me, I think they'll take I think they'll take the butt. <laughs> I'm not sure if it'll be a five, I'm not sure if it'll be a four. I don't know if they can sweep them because I kinda know a little bit of NBA politics. <laughs> I, I don't right. think they'll be able to get game two, but I think they might get them a five. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. See I got a, I have the Celtics in seven right now. I have it at least going six. Seven? At least going six. Ooh. 
So you said what, Dwight? You said seven. Yeah. I don't think it's going that far. See, but <laughs> here's here's okay. So here's a couple reasons why I think seven though. So we can't deny Giannis is top two votes for MVP. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he's him right. and Harden and maybe. Uh, he's, an, he's an elite player. Yeah, he's an elite player. You have to change the way you play to play against him. Like, he's extraordinary. So I do think that they'll win a few. And the Bucks are pretty good at home. You know, they have a pretty good fan base out there. I mean, it's it, it get, they just got beat by 12 at home. I know, I know. But they're pretty good. At, like, I think they can take game two. I think they can take another one at home. I think they can win one on the road. Like, I, I see it going in seven. I think the Bucks are a really, really good team. Okay. But I think that coaching is, will be the reason, like Dwight said, that they win. I just think it'll be in seven. All right. Plus, everybody wants to see this series. Yeah. You know? Yeah, this is a... I agree. I agree. I, I can agree with you there, but it's just so hard yeah. to be so dependent on one player to carry you, especially a player that, let's be honest... He's inexperienced at this time of year. Yeah. He's not. This is the first time he's been out of the first round. Am I correct? Maybe we can fact check I think that later. So. We can I fact check that later. But yeah. First round. Like, that's hard for that group of guys and that coach and that entire system to lean on this guy. The Celtics did this and went up against the potential best player ever without their best players, their best two players last year. Yeah, Gordon yeah. playing amazing right now. Let's and let's go ahead and throw that in there. He's playing amazing coming after that injury and coming toward the uh, end of this year. And then Kyrie is just Kyrie. And now they still got the same coach and player from that same team last year. Like it's just hard. It's hard for Giannis to go up against that experience. It's just hard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a different it's a different season. I mean, for a lot of those guys. I mean, they. You know the postseason is is a different ball game, so it's I, I can I can understand your point there of you know you never know what kind of uh, what kind of performance you'll get. It doesn't look like they've made it past the second round. No. Uh-uh. Yeah. Ooh, it's gonna be tough. Oh no! Okay, they did in two thousand one, two thousand two. They made it to the conference finals. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. But then back, you know, in the 80s, they did something, and then night little 90s. Well, with this back. team. But, yeah, with this team now, no, they've never. They this is the first time since 2001, 2000, 2001 season that they've made it past the first round of the playoffs. Gotcha. Um, was that Ray Allen's year? I, I want to say yes. I'm not sure off the top of my head, but I want to say yes. Okay, so moving on to the other uh, the other Eastern Conference matchup, you have the romp, uh, Rompters. Rompters. <laughs> you have the Rompters and the Phillies. Are they a new club out of Ontario? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they're pretty good. Yeah. Second round of the playoffs. Hey man, so pretty good. First year in first year in existence ever. Yeah, right. Make, yeah. First year ever. So yeah, you have the Raptors and the Phillies. Right now it is one zero Raptors, and they looked Sixers. You said Phillies. Sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. I had Philly written down, so yeah. I kept reading Philly. Um, but anyway, so it's one zero Raptors, yeah. and they looked good. They looked good. They looked real good. Yeah. Who do you got, Anthony? Probably Raptors in six for that one. I, Raptors in six. I didn't get. I didn't get a chance to watch either game Saturday night, but uh, I saw Kawhi had a one hell of a game. Yeah, he did. Um, so I probably have to go Raptors in six for that one. You think so, Dwight? Yeah, I'm probably going Raptors in six, maybe even five. Um, I think the pivotal game is going to be game three in Philly. And just to see how the Raptors come out and how they respond and how Philly comes out and how they respond at home, I think that is the game 
to kind of either see which way it goes. I mean, maybe they can even get some momentum and kind of turn it around to their favor, but right. the Raptors, they're just deep, man. Like yeah. that. So you have Raptors in And a Celtics final or Eastern Conference final would be nuts because they're damn near a mirror match. Yeah. With maybe the Celtics having more stars. I, I don't know. <laughs> I guess Gordon Hayward and Kyrie, but I mean, you gotta, you kind of got a mix between them with just Kawhi, his damn self. Right. Yeah. yeah. As I say, one man takes up like two or three on a different team. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still have the Raptors in five, and then I, I do yeah. think it'll be the Celtics and the Raptors in the, in I, the East. I just think the Sixers can scrap out, can uh, grit out two games. They really do. So. I don't know. They lost two to the Nets though, and like the Nets are were a peaking team. They're not like. I think they're playing really well at yeah. that point in time, maybe a little bit above the, what they should be at. So I feel like if you struggled against a team that probably shouldn't have been doing as well against you as they did, that a team that, like the Raptors, who have that kind of depth and that kind of like quality athlete, right, is going to mess you up. Yeah. I think they get in the five. Right, I think they I, win one. I, I, I will uh, say this, though. The Nets are a very unorthodox team. And they're a team that completely tries to exploit mismatches. And in that series, that high pick and roll that they ran, continuous, continuously, those bigs for Philly, they, they just couldn't match it. Like, they kept attacking, they kept going. And honestly, in this series, the Raptors are more of a system-based team. They're almost like the uh, Spurs of the East. I mean, so it's going to yeah. be more, to me, of an advantage for Toronto, I mean, uh, for Philly to kind of maybe steal one or two because they have Joel, they can be able to do some different things and get some different people in there. But, I mean, playing the Nets, all they did was try to get the mismatch and do various pick and rolls. And it worked to their favor. I mean, it's hard when you got mm-hmm. a random team, you got a bunch of guys that are 6'5", 6'6", just switching and playing defense. But it was hard to get your best player on the floor with Joel. Right, and that's why yeah. they played better when they had the smaller lineup. I yeah. think this series can actually go a little bit more in Philly's favor as far as them trying to steal a game, but I just think they are way too deep as far as Toronto. So. Fair. <clears throat> and see, some of the reason why I say that, too, is because Embiid has been having his tendonitis, quote-unquote tendonitis, and his knees give him... Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they, It's been bothering him lately. So they're going to play him more in the series versus the Raptors than they did versus the Nets, uh, Nets but I still think that that will cause a bigger issue later on. Later on, right. Gotcha. Like, okay, sure, They let's say they go one and one, and then maybe they, I, I don't know, by that third, fourth game, I think he's going to be hurting a lot. Because it's going to be a lot tougher versus the Raptors, I think. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? It's physical basketball, too. Yeah. Very. Okay, so way too early prediction. You have Celtics and Raptors? Uh, Raptors and six. Raptors and six over the Celtics? Oh, sorry. No, I'm saying so. You have the Raptors and oh, the Celtics okay, in the Eastern okay, Finals. Okay. Um, Who do you pick? Oh man, it's tough, right? Because I mean, it's like Dwight was just saying. You know, if Celtics are if Celtics are are peaking at the right time. They're playing good basketball, and you have Brad Stevens as the head coach. I mean, oh man. Sounds like you're going to pick the Celtics. Who would have home court? I think the Raptors would have home court. Home, home court, right? Yeah. No, Raptors are home. I, right now, Celtics and seven. Celtics and seven? Right now. Dwight, what you got? 
If you had to. See, I would go Celtics, Celtics and six. six too. Man, I just, I just think about these matchups, and it's like being able to have different guys to throw at and give different looks at Kawhi. I think because he's went this entire year taking one game all and one game all, the various time for the injury, this and that. I still weirdly will question a little bit of his conditioning, and for that team, like the Celtics, to have so many guys they'll throw at him just to wear him down. Yeah. I don't think on the opposite end they'll be able to do that for like Kyrie and some of those other guys. Right. Like, what happens when you throw a guy, a bunch of guys at Kyrie, right? You're still going to have Jason Tatum that's going to probably go free. Right. <laughs> You're yeah. going to have a matchup problem or two that I think the Celtics will end up exploiting. So I'm going to have the Celtics and six. Got Celtics and six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, I have Celtics and six and a lot for the same reasons. I think that you can get to Kawhi better than you can get to. Kyrie Irving, and then even if you do get to Kyrie Irving, Irving, you still have a better number two yeah. than the Raptors have a number two. Yeah. So, we'll see. We'll see. All right, going out west. Going out west. Going out west. Portland versus the Nuggets. What do you think? I got Portland in five. Portland in five. Yeah. Wow. I think Portland. I think Dame's on another level. Him and McCollum just make two like it's too <laughs> tough of a team. Right. Like I think Denver's. You know, they did really well playing against the Spurs, but, you know, a seven took a two to seven games. Even with the Nuggets having home court. Yeah. I think that uh, Portland is just on another level right now. Okay. Uh, maybe six, five, six. I say Portland six. But yeah. I think they could do it in five. And I think because the experience on the other side of the court. Yeah. What about you, Dwight? Um, home court is the Nuggets, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um,. Can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. Who's going to guard Jokic? Do what? Who's going to guard Jokic? That's a great question. Yeah. <clears throat> he averaged a, tri- a triple-double against us, too. Yeah. I'm not sure who they would put up to guard him, I guess, since uh, old boy got hurt. Let's see. So that would leave that assignment up to Enos Cantor, correct? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. Let me... Uh... We have nuggets and seven. <laughs> <laughs> Do what? <laughs> nuggets, nuggets and seven. seven? I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not the biggest Nuggets fan, especially being out here in Colorado and having to just see it and live this out here. But that team's playing good right now, guys. Like I got to tip my hat to them. They're playing great, um, and I just think they have a few matchups that they can exploit, especially with the Jokic one. Man, I mean, as much as their guards are playing well and as much as obviously you got CJ and Dame are just running crazy. I mean Murray and those different guards, they have a lot of guys that can just throw at them and try to wear them down. Again, it's the matchups. And I think being able to get playoff basketball when it becomes more physical, a lot more slowed down, a lot more touchy, you gotta throw that ball inside. And that guy cannot guard Jokic. There's no one on that roster that can stay with that guy. I mean he just did what he did to OKC. And that's Stephen Adams, dog. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> that's that's a that's a top three tough guy, top to me five big in the game right now. Just the way he plays in that system, and they, I mean, look what he did. Nurk is going down. <laughs> like, it's big. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's uh, it's it, it's it's tough, man. It's it, it's tough. I don't know. Um, I got I got I got Nuggets and I got Nuggets and seven. Nuggets seven. Okay. Seven. 
Yeah, so I think I just think Portland can do it. You think Portland can do it? I think they can just outscore them. I think that their shooters right now are just on another level. Yeah. I don't know. But, I mean, I can see in seven because that's true. The mismatches definitely favor Denver in a lot of cases. But I don't know. I just think that something about McCollum and Dame right now, they're just dangerous. Very true. I mean, momentum. Momentum is a big thing. Yeah. So they play their first game today, actually. Yeah. So... That's uh, gonna be in Denver. Mm-hmm. Who do you think take? Who do you think takes game one? I'm gonna say Portland. Portland. Yeah. You think Portland uh, steals it tonight, Dwight? Well, that game's tonight. Ooh. Um. I just think they've had uh, more time. They've got more rest, probably. Yeah. I think they've I'll had more time. To rest. I'll, I'll give them this game one nod, but I also think game three at Portland and Nuggets will probably get. I, I'm not sure if it's going to be one of those things for these pros that if taking the days off and getting the rest actually does help, but they have kind of like that ring rest, like they kind of say. But I mean, we'll see. Yeah. I think Portland can get it, but the Nuggets are just playing good basketball. I'm sorry, they just are. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> it's nothing to apologize about, man. <laughs> like, you're right, though. You're right. Yeah. Oh, Nuggets fans everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> All of the sudden, too. Yeah, seriously. Kind of came out of the woodwork. All right, Warriors and Rockets. Right now it's uh, 1-0 Golden State. And that was a four-point game, too. That was an evenly matched game. and ref- some pretty... The re- I didn't get to watch it, but the officiating was a huge storyline, the yeah. biggest storyline out of that game. Did you get to watch that game, Dwight? Oh, God. I caught... I, I had to do a little bit of AU stuff, and I caught the very tail end, but it's... Uh, that was frustrating. There was... I, I, I don't like being one of those people that blame stuff on refs and stuff towards the end of games, but there's a lot of NBA politics that happened within the last couple of moments of the Yeah, game. that's for sure. Uh, what, what did happen? Because for those that didn't see it, what did happen? Oh, geez. Um, there was, well, throughout the game, I think there was a lot of different possessions that the physicality of the playoffs, I guess you can put it towards that, we'll say, but as just a viewer in general, you would say the Rockets had a lot of things. Well, the Warriors got away, got away with a lot of calls, a lot of different fouls for James Harden and what he plays and Chris Paul and not giving shooters enough time to land. I mean, within the rules of the NBA nowadays, there's certain things that you have to do as far as giving the shooters enough time to land between box outs and different things. And I just feel like, the Warriors being at home got a nice little friendly home cookie. <laughs> yeah. They got away with a lot of things I think could have really changed that game as far as a few calls here and there. I mean, you think about it, that's a two-possession game, and there was a foul at the end of the game with James Harden mm-hmm. gets hit at the three-point line. They're down three, no call. In that same exact possession, the Rockets get off as a rebound, and to me, Chris Paul gets fouled. And it's about one second, however much time is left, and then he doesn't get a call. And then that leads to Chris Paul getting ejected, which could lead to uh, which could lead to things happening for the next game because he potentially may have bumped the ref. And I mean, it's just that's costly. And you got to think about it, if we really turn this back to last year's series, to me, the reason why the Warriors won is because Chris Paul got his injury. Right. He really plays them well. And if he's not out there to be out there to be a main contributor and control the series and the pace and things, like, the Warriors have a great advantage. They're already at home. They already have potentially the best team in NBA history as far as the top five or the starting five. But, I mean, they get away with a lot of things 
that I don't think a lot of teams are able to do. Like, I've not seen calls go a team's way like I've seen that team in all of my life. Maybe Duke basketball. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I've seen some UT A&M games at Kyle Field that feel like it leaned pretty far to, uh, yeah. to A&M side. But, yeah, no, it's super frustrating. And I feel bad for the Rocket side because they were, they were in the game the entire time. Like, it was never a blowout. No, for any of the game, in my opinion, it was a good game the entire the entire yeah. game. Yeah, I mean, they were I think like tied at half. They stayed neck and neck the entire time, and I do think that Golden State got a whole lot of calls that kind of fell in their direction. The big one for me was uh, that foul on Harden when he was shooting the three, and they didn't call that because then that was like a domino effect that led to the Chris Ball thing, like Dwight was saying. Um, so I mean, I I I feel bad for him. So that's why I kind of pick Rockets and seven. Rockets and seven. I have the Rockets and seven, as long as Chris Paul doesn't get suspended. Okay. I think if he does get suspended for some reason for what could be considered like bumping into the ref, right? For getting that technical, then maybe Rockets or yeah, the Golden State wins because uh-huh. Paul's not there. Yeah. But yeah, I got Rockets and seven. Dwight. Uh, I'm gonna go Warriors. I'm going to go Warriors and probably I'll go six or seven. I think for viewership, they're going to probably try to get this thing to seven regardless. But I think it's going to end up being a Warriors thing. Regardless, take away the referees, take away excuses, anything you want. Right now, the best player in the world is Kevin Durant. Let's just be all the way honest. I'm a huge LeBron fan. I mean, love the guy. I'll probably go into about things I hate about the playoffs and him not being in it as my number one. But right now, there's nobody on the planet that can stay in front of this man, that can guard this man, that can do a single thing with him. And then defensively, he makes that team eight to ten times better. So I'm going to have Warriors regardless. Kevin Durant is absolutely amazing. And we have to start to change the narrative in the NBA about who's the best peaks because Kevin Durant will probably go down as maybe the greatest score in history. Yeah. Let's just ink it right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> Bold statement. All right, so you got who? I mean, I want to say the Rockets in seven, but I kind of agree with Dwight that viewership, mm-hmm. you know, and Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. Right. You know, uh, I think it's going to go the distance. I really do. Mm-hmm. Warriors, Warriors and seven. Yeah. Right up. Okay, just, so you got Warriors. Depending on, I mean, depending on a lot of things. I mean, depending on the Chris right. Paul thing, you know, it's. It, but fair enough. Yeah. Okay, so you have Warriors and you have Denver. Ye- did I say Denver? Did you, or did you say Portland? I think he said Denver. He tried to change it. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, Portland. No, I mean. <laughs> Okay, so let's say you pick. Okay, so Denver and Golden State. Who wins out of that? Warriors. Warriors. Okay, so Dwight, who do you got coming out of the West? It was it was Denver and the Warriors. Yeah, for you, yeah. Uh, also, uh, just to backtrack real quick for the listeners, whoever will be on listening to this, I got my uh, Nuggets kind of ramble a little scramble there, and I was uh, alluding to Lamarcus Aldridge in that number. I think I said Stephen Adams, just to clarify for you guys, are going to bash me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. no worries. No <laughs> worries. But, uh, <laughs> it happens to us all the time. Uh, for this one, um, God, I think I'll probably go Warriors and maybe five. 
Warriors. They might end up smacking it. Now, weirdly, I might have to recant this. I will say this now. The Nuggets play the Warriors probably the best. Let's be honest about it. They yeah. play them really well. I don't know why it's been a thing for the past couple of years. The Nuggets play the Warriors extremely well. But yeah. this year, this team, the additions of Bogut and a couple other people on that bench that are experienced bigs against a Jokic in that stage, I think the Warriors might get them a five. They might even sweep them, guys. Like, I hope not, Fair but they might sweep them. Fair enough. Yeah. We'll so- see. I'm the oddball here, and I have Portland and the Rockets. <laughs> Portland and the Rockets. Yeah, I got Portland and the Rockets, and I think that the Rockets will take that one. I Seven do. or six? Uh, I would go six. Six? Yeah. Okay. I think so. For me, it would be the Rockets and uh, the Celtics playing in the finals. I think that'd be a really good matchup, in my opinion. I would have the I Celtics agree. winning. I'd have the Celtics winning in six. I think again. Um. But that I would really like to see that matchup, and maybe that's why I chose those guys is because I want to see that matchup. You want to see that matchup? You know what I'm saying so. Yeah. That's where I hope that it kind of falls. But I think a Celtics, like Rockets matchup, would be explosive. Oh yeah, you know, could be very exciting. It's a different look than right. the past couple of years that we've been not spoiled by, but just kind of left with. Right. You know? And I would like to see Brad Stevens continue to coach. He's yeah. one of my favorite coaches too. I think. Oh, he's going to continue to that, coach. Like, yeah. Well, I just mean this year. Like, I yeah. want to see him in. Continue in the playoffs. Yeah, you want to see him succeed. Right. Um, So, yeah, I got (laughs) – and then I got the Celtics winning in six on that one. So, in my opinion, Celtics win the NBA championship. NBA championship. All right. Dwight, who do you got winning it all? Um, I got the Warriors. Uh, I I, want to ask you this, Alex. Okay. Do you really think that the Rockets would get uh, Portland if they get to that point? Yeah, I do think that they would be Portland. I do. I think that Chris Paul would be able to – keep the ball out of Lillard's hands and keep the ball out of McCollum's hands well enough that the Rockets would be able to score what they needed to. And the Rockets have a pretty underrated defense, in my opinion. I think that they play a lot better than a lot of people give them credit for. Um, Okay, gotcha. So I I think with the combination of maybe overlooked defense and the ability for Paul to control games really well, that it would just put the favor into... The Rockets' hands again. It would be in like six, seven. Like it wouldn't be quick by any stretch. Because I mean, again, I think Dame and McCollum are just on a like on a ridiculous level right now. But I think that the Rockets can control the pace of the game, and they pass really well too. I think they can pass probably just as well as anybody else in this league to find the extra, like the extra pass to find that open three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I would I would have Rockets in seven. All right. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um. Okay. So. I, I, I'm going to just overall, I'm going to pick the Warriors to get this one. I think the storyline has kind of been twisted so many different times this year. And it's like, well, these people can take it here and they'll dethrone them. And kind of the, everybody, there's, there's tension and all these things going on with the Warriors. Look, they have the best starting lineup in possibly NBA history. Like, let's just yeah. be honest. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have the bench that they used to have, but... They don't really need it. You start to give these guys rest. You start to let them go ahead and end series early, and you give Iguodala time to rest that back, and Livingston time to find that turnaround jumper and get legs under him and get Bogut time to get back in this system and do what he's been doing. Like They're going to be just fine the deeper this thing goes. So I just don't see a team clipping them. It's hard to beat that team yeah. for yeah. time. Yeah. It's just hard. It's just hard. 
So let me ask you this, man. With all, so like you get we're going into a little bit. I mean, with their vulnerability, with the rumors that you know they they might be a little vulnerable with you know rumors that KD might be out of there, that you know a few other guys might be out of there, that the, the locker room tension at times may be you know an issue. You don't, yeah, you don't think that that plays an issue at all. At this level in basketball, no, because. The more and more now that I'm getting around this game and seeing it from the political side, from the coach's side, and different things, that is the highest level for professional basketball. These guys are, like we say, pros. <laughs> this is the business, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's keep it all the way real. This is the business. Draymond's going to have a big contract potentially next year. He's trying to clutch sports. You don't think he's trying to see, okay, if I don't play my ass off in these playoffs, I'm probably going to cheat myself off some money, whether it's staying with Golden State or not. Okay, Kevin Durant, you can go anywhere, do whatever you want. You're going to get paid. I mean, it's the thing. You see the way Steph's kind of playing well. It's one of those things where even their offense is starting to come even more around Steph, but Durant's just playing so well. Hey, let's go ahead and get this quick championship real quick. You can go off and do whatever you want, regardless this team was built on their core. And that's going to be from uh, Steph to Durant, I mean, excuse me, from Steph to uh, Draymond and to Clay, Like, that was their core from the jump. Right. Like, it didn't have anything to do with KD. You can go ahead and do whatever you want. Everything was built around these other guys in general. Now that you guys see, okay, if KD does leave, okay, is Boogie going to be fine enough for him for us to re-sign him? Are we going to give Draymond more money? Obviously, they're going to re-sign Clay. If they don't, then they might be the dumbest organization ever, which they aren't because Clearly, with through draft picks and everything they've done professionally, it showed that they got some geniuses over there in Golden State. Yeah, so, I mean, it's at the end of the day, it is business. I mean, this guy has helped them get two titles already. They can go ahead and knock this last one out. There's no hard feelings there. They, I think it's just <coughs> the media having to draw up something so much because their number one topic is not in the damn playoffs. LeBron's gone, guys. He's not there. We got to talk about something. Hey, yeah, let's yeah, talk about right. game. Let's talk about Giannis. Let's talk about no. We're bored. LeBron's not here. There's no hairline jokes. <laughs> <laughs> what are we supposed to do? That's true. Let's talk about something. Fair enough. And I was going to ask you too. Yeah, like that's that's the honest truth, man. These are professionals. They do not care. They're all going to get paid good money at the end of the day, anyway. Yeah. Period. Yeah. They're fine. <laughs> Well, let me ask you this thing, because you kind of you mentioned the LeBron thing. So, what are some things that you've liked and disliked about the playoffs this year? Uh, um, as, as much as I critique and say that the NBA has to draw more storylines, the storylines have been great. Right, <laughs> they've been great. I mean, the whole Dame resting has been amazing. That is must see basketball. That is heart and passion. That was playing your ass off. I mean. Seeing guys, I'm, I'm seeing just just seeing different games go on. I mean, Jokic, him kind of ascending as a big, it's been amazing. Kind of seeing the different drama and the different guys step up as far as like on the Spurs. Like seeing Derek White. Derek White was a kid that I played against at UCCS when I was at CSU. No seeing shit. The way he's grown and play against Denver, <laughs> his hometownish type team, like that's right. amazing. I mean, there's been a lot of these different storylines just building up. Everything in the East. LeBron's gone, guys, so who's it going to be? 
Then right. you see somebody that was LeBron's teammate, like Tyree, coming through and playing and doing what he does in the playoffs. I mean, it's just been a lot of great storylines. I mean, it's a lot of it's a lot new. It's a lot to look forward to in the NBA to come when these big stars start to drop off. When uh, Kevin Durant say hopefully it doesn't happen, Knocklewood gets an injury and he's not there. LeBron's getting older and he's not who he is. And the Chris Pauls of the world start to retire. We see Dwayne Wade and Dirk go out. Like you need the torch to be carried. Right. And that's all this continuously. These storylines are building up to it. These new kids and these young guys, they're doing what they're supposed to. Let's see what happens with James Harden in the next three years if he gets a championship and we can now start to really compare him to Dwayne Wade and see who's better. Like, let's see what happens with these young Spurs without a Manu and a Tim Duncan and who's going to come in there and see how DeMar DeRozan develops. So, I mean, it's just so many endless possibilities to what can happen. I mean, it's even talking about after the last game, talking about having the team go to Seattle again. Like, right. There's a lot of things that come up that I just see as great possibilities for the future of the NBA. Yeah, but for the sure. dislikes, oh, I need my man LeBron back. I'm such a Lakers fan guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it hurts me. It's killing me. I just, I just sit there and I'm watching the West like, man, if my man would just beat over KD one more time, he could have did this with the young guys. And I'm like, ah, it's just hard not to see that man in there. Right. And, and again, I've grown up my entire life being a Lakers fan. Kobe's my favorite player ever, but I used to be the LeBron hater. Oh, he's not as good as Kobe. He's not this and that. I've grown to see this guy grow as a basketball player, and it's amazing. And it's hard not to see him in there. Like It's just hard not to see him playing at this time of year and the media and everything being based around his play, his aging, whatever it is. It's right. hard. Like, it, 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 it's awkward. <laughs> it's really awkward. Yeah, I do feel like the NBA is kind of stretching for stories since they don't have when you have to. LeBron. I mean, you know, it's you got to talk hey, about something. Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's 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 revert it back to this. What do you think the NBA did the years that uh, MJ went out and played baseball? Everything switched. You had the Charles Barkley's and Hakeem, and the Rockets got a couple, and then the Spurs, and this team. It was everything else because Michael Carl. And then all of a sudden, Space Jam hit, and he came back, and then like <laughs> I mean, it's 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 the cycle. Yeah. History repeats itself in a weirder, different way. Well, let me ask Seriously. this, just out of curiosity: Do you think it's better for basketball that LeBron's not there because then there's more exposure across the board, or do you think it's worse for basketball he's not there because they don't have him to focus on? In the immediate, it's going to be worse because obviously ratings and everything they need. Because I mean, it's like, oh well, what do we do now? But, again, in the long term, what happens when this draft comes and Zion ends up going to New York or something? Like, what happens when one of these guys, like a John Morant, comes out and ends up being the next Russell but, or being the next Kyrie? And, like, all of a sudden Kyrie maybe stays with the Celtics and Anthony Davis goes there. And like, what, I mean, what happens? Right. All of a sudden now you get a different brand of basketball. We're not even talking about the teams that you got to watch out for, like, for the international basketball growing, like Luka Doncic and Porzingis being on the same team next year. Like, right. there's endless possibility. Like, this game is going to grow to a real worldwide game. Right. And I think in the long term, it's going to be nuts. So long term, oh, it's way better. It's way better. But you just got to be able to finish this story. And I don't think us as viewers are ready for the LeBron story to be done. No. Right. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. That's a good point. 
Yeah, because I like seeing LeBron in the playoffs. I mean, it's... I think lots of people like seeing him there so they can hate on him. It's felt weird without him. Yeah. It's definitely been interesting. There's no threat of anything, in my opinion. Like, if LeBron's in the playoffs, there's always a threat that that one team, simply because he's on it, can win a championship. There's no threat? What do you call the Golden State Warriors? Other than... Okay, no. But I'm saying... Okay. So you have your big-time guys in each league, right? Whoever's the number one, right? So you have your Warriors and you have, like, let's say, you know... The Raptors, who are a better team comparatively than, like, LeBron when he was on the Cavs, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the Raptors' overall team was better, but they always lost to LeBron and company because LeBron was better than all those guys, right? Yeah, sure. So, without yeah. LeBron, there's only, like, you know, two teams that are threats. With LeBron, it didn't matter what team he was on. There's always, like, three. Even if they weren't the best. Like, for a while, Cavs were the best, right? Even though they had the worst team. They were always a threat. But then, you know, you got your Celtics who had these superstars, and they were a threat. Mm -hmm. Now there's no more threat. There's your just kind of general, like, oh, well, they're really good basketball teams. There's no, like, oh, these guys can win because they have this guy. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Good point. Outside of, I guess, like, Mm -hmm. KD. So you could technically say that. I would probably say you could say that with KD because he's now what LeBron was those years, you know? Yeah. Yep, I agree. I agree. But the the, the hardest part about this is, is we just don't know how this free agency is going to pan out. What if Kevin Durant stayed? But then all of a sudden, what if the Pelicans are able to work out a deal with the Lakers just to Anthony Davis there? Right. Like, yeah, what, what happens if Kyrie still goes to New York but then somebody else ends up going there with them, like a Jimmy Butler or somebody like what? I mean, what if DeMarcus Cousins end up coming out and maybe going to somewhere like a Charlotte or something with, um, with um, yeah, Kemba Walker? Yeah. That'd be cool. I mean, what happens? Yeah. Like, you have different teams and different – I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of possibilities and things like that. So you just don't know. Yeah. What, what, what really is going to be – I mean, what happens if – Anthony Davis actually comes back, and wherever he goes, he ends up turning into that next Tim Duncan-ish type guy or that next guy. Right. You know what I mean? He's somebody that can go pound for pound to me with a KD because they're the same damn person. He's actually bigger. He is. <laughs> he yeah, he's slightly. Well, but he attacks more. Like, you just never know. Right. What if LeBron comes back next year and he works out and ends up having his best physical season to, to me this entire season he was out of shape. Right. And he comes back. I mean – now we're going to have to revisit still who's the best. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot that can happen. Okay, so, so let me ask you this, and I want your answer too, Anthony. Okay. Dwight, from yeah. all of the NBA, including this playoffs, <laughs> next season, this season, everything from start to finish, in your opinion, what has been your favorite storyline this year? Hmm. Oh man, my favorite. I would say and this this is very unbiased and this is extremely random, right? But I like comeback stories. I'm a big fan of comeback stories and I would like to tip my hat again to Paul George and his story. For him to come back from that injury, being able to make a huge decision to stay in OKC with his buddy, stay in a small market, 
and really ascend himself to, to me, probably is going to be defense player of the year. And if you're, if we're honest, guys, before he got hurt, he's probably second in the MVP conversation before James Harden started going nuts. Like, yeah. that story to me is not a big one, but it's one to watch out for because this guy's still young. Like, he still has a lot of great basketball to play. You just don't know where he could potentially take his career from there. And right. to come back from that, it's like, look at Gordon Hayward. It's just starting him to now to start even playing well coming back from something that gruesome. Yeah, he was And Paul George just went through it. It wasn't that long ago. And he's got himself back to, again, he's probably going to be defensive player of the year. Really, if he wouldn't have got hurt, and, I mean, I don't want to throw Russ under the bus, but Russ being Russ and kind of taking over and doing things he did, Mm -hmm. he might be our MVP this year. Like, if they would have stayed in that top part of the Western Conference and did what they were supposed to, I mean, Paul George's story is amazing. And people overlook it because there's so much going on in the West. There's just so much. And that story, to me, sticks out and should be talked about a lot more. It really should because that's hard to do, especially him in his position. It's not like he came out of college, this crazy prospect. I mean, he came from Fresno, guys. Right. Fresno. That's something you should really look into. I mean, that story is absolutely amazing to me. So my favorite, Paul George's story, period. That was a good answer. All right. What you got, Anthony? Um, I'm going to kind of bounce off of him as well with comeback stories. I'm interested to see how Deontay Murray comes back next year. If he can stay, if, if he can come back healthy, which he's going to come back healthy, but if he can stay healthy, what, how he's going to look after that ACL injury, man. Um, you know, tearing the, tearing that ACL, he's put out workout videos that he's, he's apparently working out and he's taking physical contact and he's put out videos of him dunking with ease and, um, and how he was just working on his shot this entire past off season, and where he got a you know it looked like he got a consistent three point shot. So, as a Spurs fan, of course I'm biased. I this season was kind of the kind of thrown to the side for me because he went down at the you know, and we couldn't see what a team looked like with him at the helm. And so, I'll be very interested to see what he does next season as far as if we can keep our pieces together, if we can re-sign Rudy Gay, we're probably going to let a few other guys go. But um, I'll be interested to see what he can do with with the team that is going to be at his home and if he can stay healthy. Because, I I mean, of course, I'm a a Spurs fan. I just want to see us succeed. So, yeah. I mean, they had a pretty successful season regardless. They did. I mean, and that's, yeah, it just speaks to the Spurs. Right. Coaching. Yes. Can, can I ask you a question? Can yeah. I ask you a question? What you got? What's up? Um, how do you think he will come back and be able to mesh or play with, uh, with White? Man, because that's a great. That's they're both. They're that, both gonna run the helmet playing that point guard position. See, I was kind of like, thinking the that's, same. Thing. That's a great question, man. And that's my man Deontay. Send Deontay Murray to the Lakers, baby. We need him. <laughs> <laughs> But how are they going to mesh? I mean, obviously it's pop. It will work somehow. But right. can they coexist? Because this guy has came out of nowhere from the G League, came out, and he's taking that spot over. I mean, he's, to me, a top three probably point guard defender in this game. It's Patrick Beverly, maybe Chris Paul and him. And I don't know who's one, two, or three. Yeah. Like, yeah. we got to talk about it. That's, yeah. that's a tough thing for him to come back after injury and overtake. Right. Yeah, exactly. And my thought, too, when you're saying that was, is, 
you know, what is he going to do that Derek White doesn't do? Like, how is he going to improve the team other than just adding depth? I guess. Yeah. You know? I, I I don't I don't know the answer right now, but yeah. I mean, I would hope that they would coexist. I would hope that I mean, because yeah, I mean, Dwight or not Dwight, um, because White came out of nowhere this year and just proved that he can play and he proves that he belong he belongs out there. So I mean, it, will he be okay with kind of stepping aside and being the backup PG? I mean, what happens to Patty Mills at that point? Like you know, that's because I compare it to like UT football with uh, Shane Burchell and Sam Ellinger. You know, Brichel was the starter. Like, he was the guy. Yeah. And, you know, much as Walker was the guy. and Or not Walker, excuse me. Um, um, DeJounte. DeJounte were the guy. And they both got injured. And then the next guy came up and proved that, shit, they deserve to be there yeah. just as much, if not more. And UT did well last year. Yeah. So I'm almost wondering if we shouldn't trade him and try to get another piece that we've been missing. I don't think we'll trade him. Right. You know what I'm saying? Do you think we won't or do you not want to? I think we won't. Okay. Fair, yeah. enough. fair enough. Pop wants to see him play. I, I also think Pop wants to see W's on the board, too. Well, yeah, of course he does. We're, yeah. we're already getting those. Yeah. And if you can increase with what you already have. Yeah. You know? But anyway. So my favorite story was um, the point guard from the Mavericks. Luca. Oh, Luca, yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting that how well he did and how young he is mm-hmm. is extraordinary. And just to come from, you know, what is it, Lithuania? Uh, I believe so. Let me see. Something that starts with an L. But to come overseas, come over here, and then be like, yeah, the NBA is not as tough as I thought it was. Like, that's interesting to me. Like, he was like, it's way more physical there. It's way harder to score over there. And then he came here and did amazing things. Now, granted, maybe some games were a little inconsistent, but he's also playing with the Mavs, who... Slovenian. Slovenia, okay. Slovenia. Gotcha. So, you know, he's playing with the Mavs, who don't have a whole, whole lot of help. But, again, I think he's another one of those guys in a long chain of really successful foreign players to come to the United States. And I think that with his popularity overseas, much as, you know, Manu had in Argentina, that that will open the door to more players coming to the NBA, more talent like that coming to the NBA with Przingis, with him, Mm -hmm. with Embiid, with all these guys, you know, uh, 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 Schroeder, um, you know, being from Germany, like you just look at this long list of successful young guys coming from overseas to play basketball here. I think that's really exciting. And I want to see more of it so that we get, like I said, more of those Tony Parkers, more of those Boris Diaz, Absolutely. more of those Manu's Ginobili. That's going to keep happening. Like all those guys. But I think I, I, I would be curious to see if it doesn't start to happen more. You know what I'm saying? We get more guys coming over yeah. with that talent. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Yep. That's a- that's that's actually a great point too, and even to piggyback on that, Giannis is even in that category. Yeah, and I think from I looked Greece? on. I think Giannis is now having the Nike Freak One, his first shoe. Right. So I'm not sure. Maybe we can fact check this, or maybe is this the first overseas player to have his own shoe, as far as in the states. Right. Ooh. <laughs> like that might be a. I mean that that whole thing is from from having these uh, overseas players over more and. Just the the merger from the entire world to the NBA. I mean, it's 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 a big thing and it's happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And 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 even just think about Dallas alone. They have two of the best potential stars from 
different countries on their team. They have Porzingis now. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to think, he was the talk before Luka even came. Right. When in New York, he was in the big market. Now they're both in Dallas, and it's like they're on the same team. Think about them possibilities. Like, it's amazing. Right, yeah. And just how they bring, like, a whole different style of play, too, which I found super interesting. You know, Pazingas came mm-hmm. over with a three-point shot as a dude that big. And we're all like, wait, what? <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah. Like, granted, we had guys starting to do that, but he's been doing that. Like, they bring different stuff to the game. You know what I'm saying? And it helps evolve the yep. NBA's game, too, which I find very interesting. Yeah. You know? How about this? Let's take a second. And this is kind of um, going off topic. Not off topic, but... We're going to be in an NBA now where we officially don't have Dirk Nowinski, Kobe Bryant, or Tim Duncan. Or Dwayne Wade. Or Dwayne Wade. That's tough. That's And in not too long, we're not going to have a LeBron James either. Five more years? Six, yeah. Five to ten five. more years? What do you think? Do I Four years? He's got three years over there left in L.A. Is he done it's after that? Right. Or do you think he signs elsewhere, goes back to Cleveland? I'm glad I'm doing this on this weekend. All this that you guys just said feels like I'm watching in-game all over again. (laughs) 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 Oh, man, that would be so sad. I had the sniffles at the end of that movie, and I'm about to do the same. Gosh. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) at the end for this at least LeBron story, obviously kind of capping off, that whole era when you got your Dwayne Wade's and Dirks and all those guys. For LeBron, I want him to at least, to me, go out this way. I want him to at least get one more. If you get one yeah. in every single team that you went to with LA, you get one more. I, I'm i biased. I'm going to say, to me, that's going to solidify him. I don't know who's going to join, whether it's by himself, whatever. I think he gets at least one more. And, I mean, like he says, his story's already written. He's already cemented in this game as a top three, top five. To me, he's one, two, one A, one B to Mike and Kareem. <clears throat> so, I mean, he, he's, he's there. I, and now, as far as what will happen, I think LeBron might do a D-Wade-ish type role and kind of take the back door Maybe even just try to go and wait for his son to maybe get there. I mean, he said it, but I think LeBron can go into that. Because regardless, we're in this era to where everything's filmed, this, that, like, nothing's going to go away the way he's done. (laughs) Like, he can go and get a championship with L.A. and then just go be a 16-point guy and wait for his son to play, try to go play with him and do everything he set out that he wanted to. Honestly, I think he can do that. Now, is he going to be a guy that's going to accept it, kind of like Carmelo's struggling with, trying to have a a reduced role and all that? Uh, Maybe not, but I don't know. I really want LeBron to go out with at least one more with L.A., go out that guy, do it in, I guess, the very tail end of his prime or whatever we're calling this phase in his basketball career. And then the possibilities for wherever he does signing next or maybe retiring, it's kind of just up in the air. But I think he will try to stay around and see if his son will get good enough to go one and done or straight out of high school and go, depending on what they do with these rules with the NCAA and that whole catastrophe. Right. That would be very cool to see. Yeah, I I would like to see that. That would be very cool to see. Take a play together. Yeah. That would be cool. 
Yeah. All right, brother, man. Well, that's yep, all yep. we had for you. Uh, you got any shout-outs you need to give? Um, uh, yes, I will actually do it. I want to shout-out uh, State 38 Basketball here in Colorado. Um, I had a teammate, actually somebody obviously that you know, Will Bell. He started up a really good AAU program called State 38 out here in Colorado. First-year program, starting out with some good coaches, some really good kids, just helping, helping groom the youth, man, helping do more and more, nice. which is basketball. And then I uh, also want to shout out um, the overseas basketball world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going over to Sweden here tomorrow. Um, I actually signed two girls from Sweden for my Eastern Colorado junior college team. Wow. We have two boys on the team that I coach as well, since I coach the men's and the women's. And, I just want to shout out all the players. I signed two players from Spain this year. And as a young coach, I really just want to give them a big shout out because they're helping me grow myself in this coaching career and opening my eyes to a different world of basketball. I mean, different cultures, different values, different things in life that are growing me as a human and as a coach. So I want to shout out everybody I've come and counted with. And obviously, I want to shout out you guys for allowing me this time to come on your platform and just talk stuff with you guys. So Absolutely. thank you. Thank you so much. Not a problem. Absolutely, man. It's been a pleasure. All right, brother. Well, yeah. uh, you give uh, Will my best, give Ellen my best, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. No problem. Hey, uh, Aria on three. One, two, three. Aria. Peace <laughs> 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 out, guys. All right, brother. Be easy. Well, that was fun. That was good, dude. Yeah, that was good points. Thank you, you Dwight. A lot of good points. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you, Dwight. Appreciate you coming back on the show, man. I uh, can't wait to hear from you guys again. We'll get uh, Will on next time. We'll get Dwight on. Yeah. We'll talk a little maybe State 38 basketball. Yeah. Also, look forward to Greg coming on. We're going to invite Greg on to talk about the AOS, about yeah, the Rangers, sure. that division as well. It's going to be fun. You want to do that next week? Uh, yeah, we can try for it. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Let's do that next week. We'll do the AL next week. We'll yeah. see if we can't get Greg on. Uh, talk a little, because this man is, knows all things Rangers right now. Let oh, me tell man. you. Oh, man. He's, he knows he's his staying Rangers busy. Stuff. He's yeah, keeping busy for sure. sure. Uh, well, thank you, Baseballism. Thank you to Brother. Thank you to Hanging Oak Studio. Thank you to all the listeners. We appreciate your time. We're sorry that these episodes get dragged out. Not dragged out, but they get put out later than... <laughs> they get longer than... Uh, yeah, later than we're usual. intentionally yeah, so. aiming for. But thank you for giving us your time. Have always, good weeks. Be don't good. text and drive. Don't drink and drive. Don't drink and drive. Be kind to animals. Exactly. Oh, by the way, uh, for those of you guys who are wondering... Um, go check out Greg's, uh, so his name is Greg Scallion, G-R-E-G-S-C-A-L-L-A-N. He is now an author at chriswellscc.com, which is a blog about all things baseball. Uh, he is also on another one, um, which I've forgotten the name of off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, go check it out, guys. Let us know what you think. Uh, give him some feedback. Give him some shout-outs. Support those who support us, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Call me. Mean it. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Adios. Letters. Baseballism is a lifestyle apparel brand inspired by America's pastime, specializing in premium apparel and glove and leather accessories for men, women, and children. Visit baseballism.com and use coupon code AA Sports for a 15% discount on your next order. Not ready to order today? Follow Baseballism on Instagram to stay connected. Baseballism is America's brand.